Friday evening, New York sports fans. And, man, it is a party here in New York City. There are people all over the place wearing flags and the colors and everything. I was a little nervous I wasn't going to get here in time or get a parking spot. But I, I survived. I made it. And I did get a spot. So I'm Danielle McCartan. McCartan before midnight. The super utility player around here. And I'll be talking all things New York sports with you right up to 1 a.m. here in New York City and beyond. And whatever you're doing at the moment, I appreciate you tuning into the show right now and throughout the next couple of hours, whether that be on 660 a.m., 1019 FM, streaming from WFN.com or on our free Odyssey app. And of course, we are here in the Big Apple. And Connor Green and I are coming to you live from the Carton Roberts slash Mike. Francesca studio here in lower Manhattan 877-337-6666 is the phone number to call taking your calls right here in this first segment so get aboard and you know since tonight I am not immediately following a game uh, we could tackle both the Yankees and the Mets in the open tonight and um, you know when you follow a game it's really hard to talk about a different team coming off of that game you know what I'm saying so that's why a lot of my openings have to do with the Yankees. But now we have the freedom to talk about both in the open. And you know what? It's a New York sports show, right? New York sports. Like, why just pick one team and just talk about one team? I'll never understand that. We're going to talk about all of them tonight. Those are the best shows. But we're going to start with the Yankees, actually, who, despite having the worst offensive month in the month of June, like in the league, they are finding ways somehow to win series against, yes, the Seattle Mariners, but also the AL West leading Texas Rangers. Now, the Rangers have the third highest winning percentage in the league. And I think it went, was it the Rays were first and then the Braves or Braves and Rays? But either way, the Rangers were third. And I got to say, the Yankees held the American League's top offense to just seven runs over the past three games. And yet, I mean, they're winning series. It's not pretty, but they're somehow getting it done. Somehow. And yet, the man that is hitting 125 on the season, the man who is hitting .091 over his last seven games. The man who is hitting .091 over his last 15 games is not happy. Josh Donaldson literally has eight hits this season so far, and he's raising all kinds of drama in the Yankees clubhouse because he's not in the lineup for three straight games. He's stomping his feet and he's taking his ball and he's going home. Is this, are we living in the upside down? The Yankees have been winning series pretty much without him. And especially against the the the, the Rangers earlier today and, and these three games he hasn't played in. They've won the series without him. And then he held up Aaron Boone's pregame press conference by 40 minutes today to talk about what? After the game, he said it was about, and this is a quote, a lot of baseball stuff, personal stories. It wasn't as serious as you guys are trying to make it out to be. Obviously, I want to play, but that's not why we were talking, if that's what you're asking. Well, piss on me and come tell me it's raining. I mean, really. He also said, just as Josh Donaldson, he said, it's not serious what you guys are trying to make it out to be. Yes. 
It is. It is that serious, though. I don't understand how you can stand there, make your manager late 40 minutes to a press conference to complain about your playing time because that is, in fact, what it was about. You also said you've never sat three games in a row, uh, you know, as a healthy player as the Yankee. And then you tell me it's not what it's about. Or you're insulting my intelligence now. And, and you know what happens when people insult my intelligence. Just ask Ralph from Lakewood. It is that serious. And I just cannot believe that a man that is hitting .097 over his past 15 games, who has eight hits on the season and 64 at-bats, marches into the manager's office and, and wants to to... Pick a fight, essentially, about why he's not playing. It's it's kind of obvious why you're not playing, right? And then the messaging from the team is just horribly inconsistent, too. I mean, you've got Brian Cashman on Wednesday saying, quotes, I'd like to get him some runway here where he gets consistent at-bats and then he can get on a roll and be in a better position to judge. Hmm. That was Wednesday. Donaldson was benched in the three games following that statement. But he was a pinch hitter Friday night, and he came up so small, so tiny, small. It was the fifth inning, and Josh Donaldson stood in the box, all ready to hit the ball, was he? Because he watched three pitches go right by him. Strike one. Maybe ball two. I I forget what the count was, but one, two, three pitches went right by him. And then he's like, I think he made up his mind before he even swung the bat because he was like white-knuckling the bat, and he was like, I'm swinging at this one. Fourth pitch, swung on, struck out. Wham, bam, thank you, ma'am, back to the bench. And then you've got Aaron Boone saying before the game today, quote, he's going to play a lot. I know there's a lot in there. I just want to get him going because I know he can be a key figure for us. Hmm. You know what that tells me? Here I am reading between the lines. I felt that Aaron Boone used the pronoun I a lot during his pregame press conference, which I watched the whole thing, whatever Yes Network showed, I watched as all of it, every word. And the use of the pronoun I by Aaron Boone tells me that he's making the decision to sit Donaldson. Yet Brian Cashman wants to give him what he called runway. After Brian Cashman says the runway quote, Boone benched Donaldson. And I believe it was him who made the decision to bench Donaldson for the next three games. Boone and Cashman, to me, reading between the lines here, they're not on the same page. I'm reading this as Cashman wants to keep Josh Donaldson, and Boone does not. Brian Cashman does not want to admit defeat and that he he, he messed up. I mean, where have we seen that one before, right? And Boone just wants to let him go. That's 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 what I'm reading into this. And maybe I'm wrong. But all I know is this. Aaron Hicks was DFA'd for less. Say less. Aaron Hicks was DFA'd, and at the time, he had a 188 batting average. And that wasn't good enough. Now, Josh Donaldson on this season is hitting 125. And he brings the extra element of this freaking drama. I mean, I would have been like, you know what? Thank you, but no thank you. See ya. Today would have been the day that I did it. Today would have been the day. The Yankees are going to be just fine defensively without Josh Donaldson. It's time to pull 
the Band-Aid off. Rip it off. Because if you can't justify keeping a guy hitting 125 when you DFA'd a guy hitting 188. To me, there is no justification. To me, it sounds like the manager and the general manager are on two different pages. You know, 877-337-6666. As we turn now our attention to the New York Recreation Mets and more specifically the Mets Recreation Manager named Buck Showalter, who is leading, Buck, he's leading the most expensive team in baseball history. As a colossal disappointment here on the 25th of June, 2023. The Mets have not won a series in the month of June since June 1st. Oh, my S-I-R-I just turned on on my laptop. They have not won a S-E-R-I-E-S in the month of June since June 1st. Again, it's June 25th. You know, the Mets, I looked, the Mets have six Wins in the whole entire month of June so far. Six wins in 21 games. Now, I'm setting this up to say that the Mets are fourth in their division. They are 15 games behind the Braves and now five games behind the Phillies, who they played, yes, today. And yet, the manager, Buck Showalter, still insists on managing for tomorrow. The Mets had a chance to gain at least a little ground on a divisional opponent today when they took a lead into the eighth inning. And yet, A, I said this just a few hours ago right here. I was here not long ago. And you're sitting there watching this Mets game, and you're wondering, how are they going to F it up this time? Today, it was a colossally bad eighth inning. So... You're watching today's game. And I, I'm sitting there, and I'm like, I feel like I had shades of Buck Showalter's Orioles not electing to bring in all-star reliever Zach Britton at the time and then being booted, booted from the postseason contention because of it. Managing for tomorrow then and managing for tomorrow still. There's two parts to this. One You pull Carrasco after only 80 pitches in the fourth inning. How do you do that knowing how poor your bullpen is? Carrasco had only given up eight hits, two earned runs, and there was one home run. Buck himself, after the game, said of Carrasco, quote, stuff-wise, he was pretty crisp. So then my follow-up question would have been, so why did you give why did you yank him? That to me is not reason enough to yank a man out of the game that soon. That's that line. Knowing that your bullpen is that bad. After the game, maybe you're like, oh, well, maybe Carrasco needed to come out. It was a hot day, all that. After the game, there were no dehydration concerns. There were no injury concerns. And yet no one asked Buck why he yanked Carlos Carrasco after 80 pitches in the fourth inning. And not that SNY showed anyway, because that's what I was watching. Part B of this is Leone. That's how you say it in Italian, but you say Leone. Okay, Leone, Hardwig, Walker, Brigham, Natoli. All used today. All guys that didn't even break camp with the Mets this spring. It was an eighth inning implosion of epic 
proportions for the Mets, punctuated by the throwing ever by Brett Beatty, who couldn't get the ball out of his glove, or was it punctuated by the three runs scored that inning on a walk and two hit by pitches? The Phillies batted around that inning against the recreational Mets. Philly scored four runs on exactly one hit. That's Little League-ish. That is nightmare-ish. And yet, David Robertson and Adam Ottavino, like Zach Britton in Bucks, Baltimore, watched from the bench in the outfield. And what do you know? Buck Walter actually picked up the phone, pulled up David Robertson to warm up in the bullpen in the ninth inning, now down 7-6. to six. Where does that make any sense? Please enlighten me. You give up the lead. You had a three-run lead in the eighth inning, the bottom of the eighth inning. You give it up, and then you want to bring in your best guy? Against a divisional opponent who is higher than you in the standings now by five games? By the way, like I said, I think on the Instagram Live, I think it was, I, I was stopped at a red light on my way in. And I saw an article from Anthony DeComo. Anthony DeComo, or was it a tweet, or was it both? Anthony DeComo said that Adam Ottavino told Buck Showalter he was available for the game. He was available. And Buck's response was, well, only if we get into the 10th inning. We'll use it in the 10th. Oh, what? What? You're managing for tomorrow? You're expecting an extra inning game? Ottavino pitched 26 pitches yesterday. And before that, June 21st. And before that, June 28th. Today's the 25th. I mean, June 18th. And then Buck said of not bringing in his best reliever, best reliever, David Robinson, in, 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 in the eighth inning. He said because Robbie couldn't pitch two innings and we didn't have anyone else to pitch. Like, what? What? David Robertson pitched 13, 13 pitches yesterday and has not pitched since June 18th before that. Let me consult the calendar again. It's June 25th. And then Buck asked the reporters. He, he was doing the questioning today after a game. He said, I don't get it. What am I missing? What are you missing? That's the problem. Punting on a winnable game with your best reliever sitting nailed to the bullpen bench. Where have I seen that story before, Buck? He also said, there's a quote, we, we've got to have somebody to pitch tomorrow. Now we don't. That sounds like a tomorrow problem, though, doesn't it? That's the other problem. Managing for tomorrow. He said it himself after the game today. And then here's the other thing. You worry about tomorrow when tomorrow comes because it's, it's Verlander Day tomorrow. And I know he's been inconsistent, but he pitched seven innings in his last outing. Maybe Buck forgot that. And he continued, Buck continued, everyone should could everyone could critique it, could have been, should have been. No, no, like like people were doing it in real time. This is not after the fact. And then Buck got thrown out in the top of the ninth arguing that the, the, the Mark Canna strike three call on the check swing, which it was, not a, and it was not a swing. It was not a strike. It seems to me that Buck's taking his frustrations out a little bit. I think he's feeling the heat, and deservingly so. And you know the Mets have lost 12 times. 
times this year when they've scored six or more runs. The most losses like that in the entire league. What message does the way you're managing for tomorrow send to your team today? 877-337-6666. And by the way, Freddie Freeman, I have the Dodgers game on in the studio here. Freddie Freeman... Just had an RBI double. Gave him 2,000 hits in his career. I think it said, the graphic, I think it said sixth active player to do it, I think. I'm not sure. It went off, off and on too quick as I'm diatribing here over the Yankees and the Mets. Anyway, your thoughts. Uh, I'm Daniel McCartan. Call me up, 877-337-6666. Your thoughts next here on The Fan. Oh, we are going to have a cruel summer. Uh, if, if things don't turn around for our Mets and our Yankees, my name is Danielle McCartan. I am a proud Swifty. I love Taylor Swift. But this is just such a fitting song for what seems to be or what is shaping up to be a cruel summer around here. The Aaron Judge news from last night where um, there's no timetable for his return after that to toe injury. And I've been told by multiple people now checking in that the Dodgers have not fixed the wall out there, which is crazy to me. Um, and, and the MLBPA has nothing to do with that either, to, to demand that that, trade, that that fix be made. I'm not sure what that's about. Um, and then the Mets, another soul-crushing defeat today. Took a three-run lead. Three-run lead into the bottom of the eighth inning. And Buck Showalter mismanaged the guys out there in the pen. And unfortunately, uh, the Mets come away with a big fat L. Something they've done how many times so far this month? How many? It's like 15 times so far this month. Mets are something like six in in 15 in the month of June. And the gobbledygook after the games has got to stop. It's got to stop. All right, who's going to lead us off tonight? Who is going to bat in the leadoff position tonight on my show? Let's go to George in Winter Park, Florida. George, you're up on the fan. Uh, thank you for taking my call. Uh, I'm an old, it. old, old Yankee fan from 44. I heard you talk about Donaldson. That's, excuse me, that's the reason why they won't bring up Peraza. Because if it brings up Peraza, he's going to have to get rid of somebody yep. that's not going to play it on infield. Yep. And, you, you know, Cashman just won't admit defeat. You know, so that'll never happen. I know. I, just tell you I know. And how many yeah. times have we seen it, right? With Gary Q up, well, Gary well, Sanchez yeah. and, and all these other yeah. prospect hugging with Clint Frazier and all these guys. I mean, really, yeah. it's it's the stubbornness. Yeah, could I just talk about yeah. a little bit more about the Yankees? Yeah. First about Judge, my grandson is an emergency room doctor. He is pediatrics. He says it's possible. Everybody listen to what I'm saying. It's possible that Judge may not make the season yeah. with that toe. Yep. It's possible. He didn't say he won't. He says you really can't tell because you're not getting enough information Correct. really out of what's going on. He hasn't seen the x-rays yep. or the MRI. And I'd like to just say a couple more things. Yeah, and, and you know what? Let me just say something on that. That is the, the reality that no yeah. one wants to, to even think about. Yeah. But it is and, a possibility. You are right. He is right. This is what I feel about the Yankees. I know it's probably crazy. 
they got Rodad coming back, Cortez coming back. I think their pitching is real. Their pitching has really been good lately. I think their bullpen is really strong. Oh, their bullpen I, is literally the best in the game. Literally. Yeah, and I think if they can get some hits out of Stanton and you know just score four, four and a half runs a game with that bullpen I, and the starting pitching with Rodon coming back, I think there's a chance they can do some damage. Anyway, thank I mean, you. I mean, think about it, and, and thanks for the call there, George. I appreciate the call. Um, if you think about what the the Yankees have done with their pitching, um, their bullpen is tops, best, best in the league. And and yes, Rodon's going to come back. I have no confidence in him. I, I haven't seen it. Guys injured all the time. Who knows? I, I would love to be pleasantly surprised, but what he could bring to the table, Nestor Cortez. I'm not sure if I saw a timeline for Nestor, but but what I'm saying is. The Yankees have done enough where if they just, I mean, the, their margin for error is very razor thin to begin with, right? But they showed that they can win a one nothing game the other night. Was it last night was a one nothing game? So they showed that they can do it as long as they're pitching, I guess, bends but doesn't break, really doesn't really bend to begin with. Um, it can be done. It could be done. And I I, I I don't know, maybe you're thinking today might be the breakout from Stanton or from LeMahieu. They both had great games, and they were both on the you-know-what list last night on my show. The three of them, Donaldson, uh, DJ, and uh, Giancarlo, were all on the 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 you-know-what list last night. And I know Donaldson didn't play today, and he was quite peeved as to why he didn't play today. And let's not call it anything other than what that actually is for what it is. That's what that meeting was about, his playing time. Um, but the other two, they played well today. I think the, they combined both of them for three RBI, I think. A two for six with three RBI, one run scored, I think it was, off the top of my head. I mean, maybe this is the breakout game. Possibly. You have to, you'd have to think. Uh, let's go to Brian, all the way out on Minneapolis, listening to us on the Odyssey app. Go ahead, Brian. Hey, Dan, how are you doing? Great, how are you? I, I'm doing well. I just got a question for you. What do you think the Yankees should do with Josh Donaldson? Do you think they should designate him for assignment? They should have like, done it today. They should have yeah. designated him today. The drama That's that true. that man brings. You're hitting 125. What what leg do you have to stand on? I know. I know. On Boone says he has a lot of confidence in him. How are you going to be confident in him when he's hitting that bad? It's a great question. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> and then and then, what do you think of the Yankees not getting uh, City Connect jerseys? You know, I'm okay with it because it's a classic look. You know, right? It hasn't happened. I know Hal was asked about it, and and uh, on the on the other program on the other station. But uh, he said nothing's in the works, and and I'm okay with it. And the Mets haven't either. Uh, if right. anything, I think the Mets would be a little bit more exactly cool. because because they're not as traditional as the Yankees. Yeah, are. right. And I don't know. It, it's okay. I, I the the City Connect jerseys are like hit or miss for me. Like I I really like the South Side ones of Chicago. Right. I think that's right. awesome. I think they're. I think those are lit. I, I just the the Red Sox ones, the yellow. I can't get no. past the yellow. I know what the. I know what it stands for. The Boston Marathon, all that. The colors, but right? It's yellow. I just. It's traditional, and I think and that would that, be the backlash if the Yankees tried it. And that Pittsburgh one is just horrible. Yeah, that one too. And, and yeah. the, what about the the Colorado Rockies ones where they look like uh, uh, park they rangers? Look, they look no. They look like that cigarette. Uh, the cigarettes. Forgot they what they were called. 
I don't know. I'm not definitely not a smoker. I don't know. Yeah, well, well, I've I've seen it and it kind of look like look yeah, like that. It's weird. Yeah, it's, some of know. them are great, but some of them are misses. Right. More often than not, they're a miss. But, but the the Marlins ones are pretty pretty nice ones. The red ones, the red with the teal. Yeah. Uh, I know. I get the story behind it, but I don't. I don't love them either. Yeah, that's true. All right. <laughs> I'm cool. very picky with uniforms. I really. Am. I, I I hear you. Same here. <laughs> All right. Thank you for taking my call. Oh, yeah. Thanks for making it. I appreciate that. Yeah, I'm looking. Uh, I found an article here that the top City Connect jerseys, they've got the Colorado Rockies ranked one. Yuck. The South Side ones ranked two. I'll just give you the top, oh, top five I'll give you. Number three were the Marlins. I don't like them either. Number four were the Mariners. Not so bad. And number five were the Nationals. I kind of like those. An ode to the... The cherry blossoms. Oh, number six. I do like the San Diego Padres ones, too. I think that's that's really cool. Oh, and I do like the Astros ones, too. Space City. But anyway, that's that's a whole other conversation for another day. But I'm glad that the Yankees haven't um, ventured into that realm just yet. I'd like to see what the Mets would do. But Yankees, it's, it's to me, too traditional. You can't screw with it. Don't do it. Don't do it. All right, Chris in Manhattan wants to weigh in on the New York Mets. Go ahead there, Chris. Danielle, I'm glad you're on tonight. I so appreciate your passion and honesty. Thank you. Um, before I go off on my Mets, mm-hmm. the one thing the Mets have done far better than the Yankees is when Robinson Cano was doing what he did, they got him out quick, done. And Yankee fans deserve the same treatment with Donaldson. That's yeah. a disgrace that that guy's on the team yep. and then acting like a jerk as well. Yep. Who needs them? I know. I um, mean, I mean, it, playing poorly is one thing. Like, extra poorly is one thing. But you want to come in there and raise hell about not being in the lineup for the third straight day, then complain about it, like, like subtly complain about it, and then say, oh, no, I wasn't complaining. I mean, the Yankees can do without the drama. That sounds like, like middle school sports, and no yep. one's interested in that. I mean, he, he's been an entitled jerk to you. I mean, no one's liked him. He's been on 100 teams. What do you expect? Anyway, yeah. um, Danielle on the Mets. Mm-hmm. You know, everyone is um, – it's just heartbreaking, but uh, everyone is so trying to find out whose fault it is. And but you know, because every every part of this team has failed, it's everyone's fault. It's the players' fault. It's Epler's fault, and it's Buck's fault. Mm-hmm. Because there's not one area. If you can, if you be able to look at one area and go, "Well, the big hitters aren't hitting," you could say, "Okay, maybe it's the hitters' fault." But the management, the the sloppy playing, dropping pop ups, this bullpen. Danielle, is it just me or does every club in the major leagues have some guys that are coming in throwing 99-98, snapping <laughs> off sliders? Mm-hmm. We have a bunch of people coming in throwing slop, and, and we can't strike anybody out. It's not going to get it done. Yep. Every team the Mets play, Marlins, uh, Washington, any of these other teams that are you know considered less than the Mets, which I'm not even sure they are anymore, yeah. they've got, at least they've got some live arms that can do something. We don't have any of that. Nothing. Yeah, well, and you've got your best two relievers sitting on the bench today in a game that you probably should really go all out for. Yeah, I don't know what he's waiting for. Like, win this one. That would like. It seems like we. What are we waiting for? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, I don't know, Daniel. So, what do you think of the trade deadline? I mean, you think they should be sellers? Is that what you think? Oh man, I don't know. Uh, here's the thing. So, I, I think. I think the Mets are not going to be sellers. I, I really, I don't foresee them being sellers. You, you have an owner who laid out a three to five year plan and says, "Hey, we're going to win a World Series in three to five years." And correct me if I'm wrong, but I think this is year three. They've pushed all of the money. They they have the most expensive payroll in all of baseball. 
correct? And, and in the history of baseball, actually, in one single season, they pushed all this money towards these two pitchers that who's going to take on those contracts, on, how, at those gargantuan contracts? I think the Mets are really stuck into being buyers at the deadline because of that. And the number one area, it's clear and obvious to everybody, and it was clear and obvious in the offseason. And Billy Epler did nothing about it. Is the de- is the two things is the the bullpen, and is is the designated hitter position. But more importantly, it needs to be addressed at this trade deadline. Is the bullpen with quality arms, quality guys that are not going to implode and hit two batters in in the bottom of the eighth inning and force two runs in. It's it's maddening. It's frustrating. But. If you're asking me right now on June 25th, and I know we've got a- another month pretty much until any trade is going to get, you know, any serious trade, any trade deadline talk is going to talk, uh, you know, fire up on the fan, any hot stove, whatever it's called. But if you ask me right now, the Mets have backed themselves into a corner to be buyers at the trade deadline. Because for all of the reasons I just outlined, they've pushed all of their chips to the center of, of the table. The Scherzer deal, the Verlander deal, the, the three to five year window guarantee. They're in it. So when you talk about the hierarchy of blame, and I, I did an open on this uh, two, maybe even three weeks ago at this point, the hierarchy of blame for the Mets starts at Billy Epler. He is the one to blame. He did not address the two obvious, clear and obvious major deficiencies of this team in the offseason. Like I said, the bullpen and the designated hitter position. He essentially ran the team back, you know, in those two areas with the exact same people and, and, and lessers, you know, and um, and thought he was going to get away with it. And you're not going to get away with it, especially in the division with the Braves. Just not. And it's maddening because it was clear and it was obvious and he still did nothing. So number one on the hierarchy of blame for all this, for me, like clear cut above the other two, Billy Ineptler. I've been calling him that for a long time. It's finally starting to catch on. Billy Ineptler. That's what I call him on this show. Because he hasn't shown me otherwise. Speaking of, you know what we're going to talk about next? We can do this next. Eduardo Escobar. No longer a Met. Danny Mendick. Not Mark Vientos. Is now a Major League Met. And two minor leaguers with no shot of seeing Queens this season are here. And makes total sense to me. Pfft, right? Come on. 877-337-6666. Back to the fan on this feisty first hour here. My name is Danielle McCartan. Uh, we've got Josh Don. Two major topics here in, in New York baseball. It's going to be a cruel summer for all of us, I think. We're in for it. Josh Donaldson complaining and lamenting and holding up Aaron Jaffoon's press conference for 40 minutes today to complain about his playing time, a guy who is hitting 125 on the season. I mean, Aaron Hicks was DFA'd for less. Or, I guess, for playing better. I guess that's a better word to, uh, to use or phrase to use for that because Hicks was DFA'd and he was hitting 188. Donaldson is complaining about his playing time, and he's hitting 125. I'm not. I'm not understanding what the disconnect is here. And then, uh, in the second inning Friday night, you had Buck Showalter having to tell Eduardo Escobar that he'd been traded. And, oh, I don't know if I. Danielle McCartan, by the way, welcome back to the Fan Sports Talk 
Radio. And uh, on this episode of How Billy Epler Got Fleeced, I'm trying to wrap my head around this trade still. Because to me, it doesn't make any sense. And let me first start by saying I understand why Eduardo Escobar was traded. Okay, I, I get that. Okay, I understand that. Maybe Guillaume will be next. Uh, who knows? I don't know. But but specifically diving into this Billy in Epler move, A, the Angels got an amazing, selfless clubhouse guy who will play at the major league level very often for them. And I would dare say an everyday player. And in his first game, Eduardo Escobar went two for four with an RBI and a walk for the Angels. Okay? Now, what the Mets got in return, part B of this, two minor league pitchers that their highest level of ball played, double A, they are not ready and they will not be ready to make an impact on this year whatsoever in a team, again, that has a three- to five-year World Series window from the owner, which I know he's walked back, but still, I don't even think they're going to be ready for next year. And see... The Mets are paying off most of Eduardo Escobar's salary. So not only did the Angels win the deal, they don't even really have to pay for Escobar. So that deal, at that point, turns into a fleece. Fleecing of Billy Epler. And as general manager malpractice continues in Queens, I'm wondering if there's a class action lawsuit that the fans can get in on. D, part D, they aren't even bringing up Mark Vientos, who, because of the trade, could have been brought up. Epler said the Angels had a need, and we had a little bit of a surplus. Huh? I'm confused. Who, who do you work for? And Epler then said, we're not getting these players if Steve is not covering the money. Steve Cohen, I'm, I'm begging you, wake up. These players, as if they're superstars in the making, made me laugh out loud. And here's what each of their major league scouting reports say about them. Not some Fugazi blog site, some idiot on Twitter, or whatever. These are excerpts from their major league scouting reports. I hope you're sitting down. Coleman Crow. He's now the number 11 overall prospect in the Mets system. Anticipated arrival date of this season, which I find impossible to believe. And the official scouting report says, quote, a round 28 draftee. Yes, I said round 28. He's got a 90-mile-an-hour fastball, which, quote, touches 94 at times. There isn't much margin for error, giving a lack of true out pitch. He's got to show, I'm just reading this, he's got to show he can hold up over the course of a full season to reach his ceiling as a back-end starter. Ceiling? Back-end starter? Oh, yeah, and he hasn't pitched since April 26th. Want to know why? This is all I could find. Elbow injury. Okay, Coleman Crow. Good job, Billy and Epler. Then you've got Landon. This is a French name, probably Marco. I'm going to say that's probably how you say it in French. Landon Marco. He's now the um, 18th overall prospect in the Mets system. His anticipated arrival day is 2024, which I also find hard to believe. Uh, The official scouting report on this guy, third-round pick out of LSU, 2021. He made only two starts last season in AA because of back issues. Does not light up the radar gun. And he's going to need to continue to have success with his average stuff at the upper levels and reach the big leagues as a number five starter. 
number five type starter. Back-end starter as a ceiling for the one guy, number five type starter for the other guy. I don't understand how this transaction could be considered by anyone as a W for the Mets. There wasn't any other team that needed Eduardo Escobar other than the Angels. Come on, man. Come on. Back to the phones we go at 877-337-6666. Let's go Steve in Manhattan. You're up next here on The Fan. Steve. Hi, Daniel. How What's are you? What's going on? Good. Yes. How are you? I'm good. What you just said prior to me opening up was perfect because that's exactly where I was going to go with the Mets. Epler, I don't understand how he can trade for the people he's trading for because even if he got one prospect that actually had a chance mm-hmm. to be really good as a pitcher in the major leagues, mm-hmm. would have been a lot better than the nonsense that he got on that trade. Yep. The other aspect is, is you're saying, should they be sellers or buyers? Well, they have to be buyers because of all the contracts they have. Mm-hmm. Steve Cohen has one thing that no other owner in baseball has. Do you know what that is? Well, it's money, but it's not going to help him at the deadline. And why would he keep paying off these contracts of these players who are not going to help him? That doesn't make any sense to me. Okay, well, here's what he has that I don't think people are realizing. He's using the Mets as a tax write-off. Every other owner is using that team to make money. He's using the Mets and he's paying these salaries because he's making so much money elsewhere. He can actually sell off to get good things and eat some of the contracts, per se, if they do it the correct way. But again, Epler has been a disaster. We know they're looking to get the guy from um, Milwaukee to be the president. And I don't understand why they, they didn't get um, Epstein mm-hmm. to be the GM, the president, and everything else, yep. uh, you know, a year or two ago. Yep. I don't know. Uh, that's a great question. I have no idea. But this guy, he is – I mean, I, I don't even want him to survive through this trade deadline because I think he's going to really decimate this team, honestly. I, I have no faith in him. None. I, you know, I, I would love to disagree with you, but I can't disagree with you when I feel that you're 100% correct. <laughs> oh, I mean, I, I don't think anybody – you know what? I had a caller last week. He, he loved Billy Epler. I, I don't understand why. Maybe he was related to him. But, I mean, what what has he done? I, honestly, like you or me, Steve, we could spend Steve Cohen's money. We could just hand him the black card and go out and get Scherzer and go out and get Verlander. Nice, hunky-dory. But when it comes down to it, what has he really done? What has well, he really done? The, the, he, he hasn't done anything, but the problem was is with DeGrom going, Steve Cohen's hands were tied, and he knew he had to bring in a, a bona fide number one. So he's trying to bring in, you know, um, the Cy Young Award winner from last year. Everything right. else. The problem is, again, the age. Right. And we all know, even with the age, come September, August, September, they could be wiped out even if they had a great year. There's nobody young on the market that's available. Well, not and yet. They... They're not yet, though. I don't, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and start projecting, you know, names and this is who I want. Because And, and, and thanks for the call there, Steve. I'm not going to start projecting. Like, uh, when I put my name to something, I hold myself account. And I know you do, too, especially on Twitter, like to hold me accountable. And I love it. Because I'm not going to say wishy-washy, oh, this person, or wishy-washy, that person. Right now, there's really no one to, to you know, 
improve the Mets with right now. You can't say it. You still got maybe two or three, two and a half weeks at least before any name starts to really hit it. But let me tell you something. I was behind the Scherzer deal. I was behind the Verlander deal. I mean, who would have thought that that, that Verlander, uh, you know what I mean? Who would have thought he won this? Like you said, he won the Cy Young last year. Who would have thought? But just in general, this looks like a team in a malaise. It looks like a team that just can't get excited. I mean, they showed the the dugout, uh, you know, the looking down the dugout cam after the loss. I mean, no one really seemed to be bothered by it. They were just, you know, you know, solemn face, sure. But, you know, the other night, last week, they had, you saw Francisco Alvarez with his head in his hands on the bench after losing a game. Those are the kind of players you need. Players that hate to lose more than they like to win. I hate to lose. I hate to lose more than I like to win. Mets need those players. Yankees had them. Yankees had them in the in the in the nineties. You tell me, Paul O'Neill, Derek Jeter, Mariano, Andy Pettit, Jorge Posada—they didn't have that mentality. Tino Martinez—they ferocious. They absolutely had that mentality. And for the record, both teams need more of those guys. All right, we got a quick break. Peter Schwartz update, and definitely more of your calls on this feisty, feisty Sunday fun day here in New York. Welcome back to the fan. My name is Daniel McCartan, and it has been a feisty first hour. One hour down, three to go. I'm with you till 1 a.m. All Mets, all Yankees. Uh, but I wanted to tell you that um, I got a notification the other day informing me. This is a quote here. Arrests made in series of thefts that included... Yogi Berra's World Series rings and Roger Maris's MVP trophy. I was like, huh. So I screenshotted it. I sent it right to Lindsey Berra, who immediately forwarded me the press release from the Department of Justice, which real official looking. Uh, but uh, if the story goes, I'm sure, you, I'm sure you remember it, but if you don't, it was like 10 years ago, almost 10 years ago, there was a heist by a, well, now we know, a, a band of career criminals that occurred at the Yogi Berra Museum and Learning Center in Montclair, New Jersey. And they made off with what was estimated to be about um, $1 million worth of uh, Yogi and Yankee memorabilia. Well, fast forward to a couple days ago, four men from Pennsylvania were indicted by a federal grand jury for a few different crimes. It wasn't just one. And as well as there was other five additional people were indicted for just like like knowing about it. So um, what they did was these these idiots they they didn't sell the memorabilia they melted the metal down and they sold that instead. I mean still for hundreds of of thousands of dollars but way less than the actual memorabilia would have cost or, or been worth you know. But I know that was stolen easily tracked you know all that but. I'm not a criminal, but I, I, I assume there's ways to get around that. Um, but um, what's crazy is that this this particular ring of career criminals was intact for 20 years. 20 years. And they weren't just sell, they, you know, stealing sports stuff. They had Warhols, all kinds of precious art, too. And uh, Lindsay, Lindsay Barra, officially commented. She said, my family is grateful that those responsible for the theft have been apprehended and deeply saddened that none of those pieces of sports history will be recovered. I remember when my grandfather first heard about the robbery. See, Yogi was still alive when it happened. She said um, his main concern was that the museum was still safe for kids to come and visit. Educating the next generation was always the, his priority for the museum. So as we all know, the Yogi Bear Museum is very safe to visit. Been there many a times. Um, but uh, crazy story, right? 
I thought it was kind of crazy. I wanted to bring it to your attention. And also one more thing, huge, huge shout out, obviously to the FBI, but to the many collaborating police departments around here, including the Pennsylvania, the New York, the New Jersey State Police, and then like the dozens and dozens. The list is like almost half a page long. The list of dozens and dozens of municipal departments across the country, really, that aided in the capture of these career criminals. The Montclair PD, uh, the Sussex County PD, I believe. Um, just, just you know, I, I was just looking for the New Jersey ones, but um, crazy, crazy stuff. Uh, so I just thanks, thank, thanks to you. Thanks for all the work that you do on a daily basis to keep us all safe, all of the officers in blue uh, tonight that are tuned in from wherever. Thank you. 877-337-6666. We're going to go to Greg in Hoboken next. Hey, hey, Greg, you're up here on The Fan in New York. Hi, Danielle. How are you? Great. How are you? Good, good. I'm a, I'm a fan of the show. Uh, I enjoy the energy and, and the prep and, uh, and the feisty attitude. Um, <laughs> so, I, I, you know, with all the shaking up at the station going on, I keep hoping that, that they'll, uh, they'll give you some more steady time. And, uh, but I'll listen to you whenever you're on. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Sure. Uh, so that's the good news. The, the, the bad news is I disagree with you sharply about the uh, about the Escobar trade. Yeah. Well, listen. I knew he had to go. Right. There was no. He he had to be moved. He, there was you know there was no room for him on this team. But to get back two minor leaguers that won't see the major leagues in at least two years. I mean, go ahead. Give me your take. I, well, I'm good with it, and the reason I'm good with it is uh, you know the Mets. The reason. The biggest reason the Mets are where they are is because the starting pitching has just fallen right through right through the bottom. And if you if you look down below, I mean, Peterson is no good; he can't be counted upon. McGill is no good; he can't be counted upon. You look down into the upper tiers of the minors; there's nobody there. So you know what? I, I like it for two reasons: because if you move Escobar, who offers you no value, at the, I'm, I've written off this year. So I don't care that, that I'm giving away uh, somebody and I'm getting back something that's not going to help me this year. I don't care about this year. So if I have, like, two back-end starters or maybe two back-end starters for the future by giving away uh, dead weight on this year's club, hey, I like that because we don't have that starting pitching depth. The other reason I really like the trade... But these, go ahead, go ahead. Okay, go ahead. is... Uh, I think there is an issue with the Mets this year about complacency and non-accountability. I totally agree with you on that. Okay. So by virtue of the fact that you're now you're pushing a guy off the ledge this early, way the heck before the deadline, I think that shakes up the clubhouse a little bit. Mm-hmm. I hope it shakes up Buck Showalter a little bit and kind of says, look, we know you guys have to – Get us into a position where we believe in you. And right now we don't. And I think that's a, that's a fine message to send this group. I, 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 fine. That's, that's fine. The accountability, all that's fine. That piece is good. But, I, like, these guys, the, the, their ceiling is to be a fifth starter. Their yes. ceiling. Like, you couldn't pillage any other team in the league. You had to go back to your familiar stomping grounds. I mean, he had to, I think he got fleeced. These guys are, if they're lucky, they're going to be a fifth starter. Yes. Come on. I'm good with it because I don't have one right now. <sighs> nah, I, I'm, 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 I'm not. I'm, I'm not good with that. I mean, 
like I said, these Mets are going to push to be buyers. That's 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 not a trade made for this year. It's just not. Not with this year in mind. Let's go to Josh in the Bronx. You're up next here on the fan there, Josh. I'm telling you, Danielle, you know, Jim Duquette, Brody Van Wagenen, those two ex-GMs, they sound better than Billy and Epler. Yeah, Billy and Epler, <laughs> that's it. But is it still spring training for Buck Showalter, the bullpen? They've got nothing there. They're on vacation. At least this year, it, oh, looking at the game, why? Come on, put Robinson and Robertson I, in there. Come I on. I know he's he's worried about tomorrow. He said he was going to put him in in the ninth, and he was going to use Adovino in the tenth. How about you just end it earlier? Oh man! Come on. Look, Buck is Buck is lost, man. I don't know. Thank you for taking my call, Dan. Yeah, Josh. I mean, that it, asinine. What an asinine decision that was to sit your two best relievers to watch to have them sit there in the outfield and watch your team give up a. The three-run lead in the manner in which it happened was was an implosion of epic proportions, and then you get Dave, you pull David Robertson up to go start throwing and warming up in the ninth. Once you're already losing seven six, and then after the game, say that oh well, I was going to use Adovino in the tenth. I was planning to use him in the tenth. Where does that make any sense? How does that make any sense? It doesn't to me. Maybe it does to you. Call us up. Me and Connor, 877-337-6666. As we go to Kevin and Camden, you're up next here on The Fan, Kevin. Hey, Coach. Hey. I am frustrated. I am angry. Because I'll tell you, Buck is wrong. You couldn't, you, you couldn't use Adamino, couldn't use Robertson. And I think Brooks Rayleigh was still on the team. I, I don't know. I didn't see Rayleigh today. You could say, he could say all he wants that Rayleigh wasn't available. I mean, there was all the options to use, and you didn't do it. Yep. I mean, these are no-name guys that are pitching. No offense to them. I'm not trying to make fun of them, but they're no-name guys. I never heard of half these guys. Kevin, Leone, Hardwig, Walker, Brigham, Natoli. You didn't think those guys were going to get the job done, did you? No, no. <laughs> and i got to be honest. Uh, a few weeks ago, I had said to you, the, the Mets lack that dog mentality. Yep. They, 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 they don't have it. The dog is there, but there's no bite. Yep. I said it before. This, this ownership is inept. I, I, I'm sorry. The escort trade for me is signaling the white flag. I think this season's a wash. Kevin, let me stop you there. I don't think the ownership is inept because I think Steve Cohen will do anything to win. I think he's trusting in the wrong people to get it done. I completely agree with you. And for Buck Showalter, all the stuff he talks about, it's just, it's just hot there. Buck Showalter, you're not coming with content. I will say that. <laughs> Buck Showalter, every time I hear something, he said it, it, it means absolutely that he comes nothing with content. <laughs> this man has to go. Hated the hire from the beginning. You were there. I remember calling your show yep. and telling you how much I disliked it. Yep. And the Zach Britton thing, again, the Zach Britton thing comes to mind. And, and, and I know um, Charlie Hayes called your show. I listened that day. Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry, Buck just is not the guy. It's, what is it going to take to wake this team up? I have no idea. I'm just beyond frustrated. I'm taking a sabbatical from Washington for the next, few, uh, next couple of days. I think I might need to. It's, it's getting to that point, and I hate to say that. I mean, I've got people on Twitter telling me don't give up on the Mets yet, Danielle, Kevin, and I, I don't, I don't see like you, I, I don't see where the spark is going to come from. I mean, it's not like all right, if you're the Yankees, Kevin, you've got Carlos Rodon in waiting, you've got Nestor yep. Cortez in waiting, maybe Judge comes back. I don't think he will personally, um, but you've got these guys that that are coming. Ian Hamilton is on his way back. Like the Mets, they are a full team now. 
Yeah, I agree. But what what, what are we? I mean, the hitting is not the problem, but the pitching is so. I mean, it's just. I mean, Quintana is supposed to come back when July. What the heck is he going to bring? Because we haven't seen him all year. Like, what is what is going to happen? Like, see, Cohen, wake up. This is worse than 07. I watched 07, and that was worse than that. Because at least that, they wouldn't be in the entire year to the end. But this is worse. I mean, this is the worst pitching I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. It's just, I, 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 I'm, just, I'm at the point, some, something's got to be done. Because you can't sit still and watch this, this drunk that we've seen. For the entire season, you, just, you know, we they finally they finally used to win last year. They're fu- but they're finding ways to, win. to they're, you know what it is, Kevin. And and thanks for the call there. They they found ways to win last season, and they are finding ways to lose this season. How do you cough up a three run lead in the bottom of the eighth to a divisional opponent? I I, I don't understand. I, I don't get it. They are finding ways to lose this game. And Brett Beatty, I get it. A physical mistake like that, it happens. It does. It happens. You know, but there's too, far too many physical mistakes happening with this team, especially defensively. The other night, Brandon Nimmo hits him in the glove, drops the ball. Uh, Francisco Lindor going out backwards, you know, on a ball in the short, uh, sh- shallow left field over there. Ball drops between him and Fam. Fam was surprised that he was like, oh, uh, I have to get this one. And guess what Lindor did? Left. If I would have seen that, if I, if I was Buck Showalter, I would have been like, come here, sit down. Sit down. The same thing I would have done with Glaber Torres, too, by the way. After that, I mean, I'm sorry, Isaiah Connor Falefa walks off the bed and gets tagged in the butt on his way back to the dugout. Come here, buddy. Sit down. And Torres today, too. Awful base running by Glaber Torres. It was, a, a, again, a, a shallow ball hit to right field. And he, he looks at it for a second and continues on to third base. The ball was an amazing catch. It was. But in those situations, you got to go halfway. And then either watch it hit the ground in advance or go halfway and watch it be caught and go back. I would have been like, Glaber, sit down. I don't understand it. I don't understand. Like, those are mental mistakes. Like, the physical ones, they happen. They do. You have a little bit more patience with those, but it's just ugly baseball, man, all around. Let's go to uh, Flushing Queens. Annette, you're up on the fan. Hi. 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 I'll tell you, maybe I'm crazy. My friends think I'm crazy. But I think losing Jake had a big psychological effect on the team. Hmm. He, he just brought something to the whole team. It was like a friend or a family member that you know is going to die, and it happened. Okay, we knew it was going to happen. He wasn't coming back. Mm-hmm. But then when Diaz went down, that was like another death in the family. That wasn't expected. And they didn't know what to do. Because the team has no leader. There's Mm. no leader in that clubhouse. Mm. None. Jake had something. He always had an awe about him. He did. And they knew. They knew he was going. They knew it. It was just a matter of time. Like I said, you're waiting for somebody to die and he's gone. But when Diaz went, it was like another death. A sudden death, which is harder to deal with. I know. I, I, and that's, and that, a, that's a good analogy there, Annette. But I'm also going to counter with... And right. let me tell you, I agree with you 100%. Epler <laughs> has to go. Yeah, thank you. And Annette, I, I'm thinking too, like, that's a great analogy. It is. Yeah. But, you know, eventually you kind of, you, you deal with the grief and you, and you get over the grief. And But there's nobody to lead. 
But there's nobody to lead them out of it. Yep. Yeah, that would, that's the thing. There's nobody to lead. They yeah. don't have a leader. Like I said, Jake had that awe about him. Okay, we dealt with that. But then they couldn't, do, they couldn't deal with the two things, the two deaths. When Diaz went down, I mean, nobody, everybody thought it was a sprained ankle, right? Yeah, and then, and, and then you saw him. He couldn't get off the field under his own and power. And he's gone for the year. Yeah. And he's gone for the year. Mm-hmm. He's gone for the year. And they don't have no leader. They have nobody to console them for these two deaths. Yeah, and, nobody. I'm, and I'm wondering if, if Buck Showalter is not capable in doing that. I mean, he is technically the leader of the team. I'm thinking about the guys in that clubhouse. And I haven't been there this season uh, yet. Uh, I do... I did send an email to be there this upcoming week. Now that school's out, finally, woohoo! Tomorrow is officially like the first day of summer for me because I worked yesterday, I worked all day today, and it's not just like show up and do it. Like I do a lot of a lot of homework, as as everybody has heard. But um, anyway, so the point being, I, I want to get there this week, and I actually I woke up the other morning at four thirty nine, and I had questions that I wanted to write down about for for the Mets. I've got. I'll tell you the questions in my notes. So I wrote them down in my notes app, and I just added the one that you just asked, Annette. I want to ask, who is the leader in this clubhouse? I want to know. Who's the leader? Is it Pete Alonso? Is it Brandon Nimmo? Who's the leader? Um, And these are just rudimentary drafts here, but I wrote, uh, team and you individually, what changed between last year and this year? I don't want to give away all my goods. I'm not giving away the questions now. Uh, You'll see if if and when I do get there, because I did send an email out. Uh, we'll see what happens. Anyway, so, um, you know, how are the Yankees even? And this is a mishmashy show. I love when that happens. So let's kind of circle back to Yankees and, of course, take your Mets calls too. But how are the Yankees able to stay afloat in their most recent two series victories? Um, come on. That's that's an easy question to answer. I'm Daniel McCartney. and we'll discuss that next here on The Fan at 877-337-6666. Welcome back to The Fan. My name is Danielle McCartan. Bob the engineer was just in here. Bob, great job <laughs> fixing the call screener, uh, which, by the way, has not been working for the past 90 minutes. Did you notice? I hope not, because Connor did an excellent job. Connor is producer extraordinaire and Bob as well. So we are all back. The call screener works. And if you were just on hold and you got booted when we just did the reset, just call back. 877-337-6666. We all apologize for that. But we are up and we are ready to go. And my question going into break was, listen, the Yankees are, are staying afloat. And, and how? How are they doing it without Aaron Judge? You know, they've won the series against the Mariners. Big whoop, I know. But they just beat the NL West leading, still NL West leading Texas Rangers. So, okay, um, how are they able to do it? Well, I think the answer is pretty easy. The Yankees' bullpen is just completely lights out. I mean, it is, without exaggeration, the best bullpen in the entire league. And it's a huge part of the blueprint and probably the most important of this team this year for sure. I mean, to know, figure out, you know, their importance and their meaning to this team, I mean, look no farther than just today's game. Garrett Cole finished four and two-thirds innings uh, this today. That was it. Four and two-thirds. In contrast that to, to Carlos Carrasco, who had, I think it was four innings, 80 pitches, four innings. Look at what the Mets bullpen did, and then look at what the Yankee bullpen did. The combination of Cordero, Ramirez, Marinaccio, and King today scattered three hits total. And that was just today's combination. Yesterday, after Severino went six, you had Kenley, Peralta, Holmes, and then Marinaccio. 
That was a different combination. And they, too, scattered just three hits. So, again, it's worth repeating that all of that occurred against the best offense in the American League. Statistically, ERA, all the main statistics also will dictate, if you wanted to look them up, that the Yankees' bullpen is the best in Major League Baseball so far this season. The best. That is a major piece of the puzzle as to why the Yankees are staying afloat. Not great, but they're not dead in the water either. They're just, they're staying afloat. And that's all you can ask until some of these guys start catching fire, whether that be Giancarlo Stanton or, or DJ LeMahieu even today. Let, let's see. Maybe that's the, the spark. Maybe that's the catalyst. Okay. Thank you for your patience, callers. I, I'm going to go to Lou because you were called and called back and everything. So, so thank you, Lou. You're, you're up here on the fan. All right. How you doing, Neil? Good. How are you? Okay. Listen, you brought, you brought up a good point about the Yankees bullpen. But before I go there, mm-hmm. I want to talk about Showalter. First of all, um, before I go to Showalter, like I said, there was two callers before Mets fans. And I know that you wasn't. there was the host before you. They called up and actually said, the Mets are so bad that I'd rather watch the A's. I'm watching the, the Oakland A's and um, Cincinnati Reds because of De La Cruz, okay? The Oakland so almost, A's? The Oakland A's? They're, they're even worse than the Mets. Carlos can tell you because he was there. I mean, and there was another call that says, listen, uh, that was not today, but about um, being an admin there, uh, talking about uh, Otani doing uh, uh, pitching, doing two, two jobs in one, and DHing. He says, I don't know what the big deal is about this Oshani stuff. Who said because that? Because I can ride with my left hand and my right hand. <laughs> oh and my again, God. I mean, I I said, damn. It, it, even Daniels would have chewed you out if you would have <laughs> told him to say that. Uh-huh. But anyway, uh, on show water, listen, let, let's not get rid of him. Even even the GM, you know, what you just brought up was a great point about the Yankees. If show water had the bullpen that the Mets have, they'd be right there. I'm, I'm not trying to, you know, I'm a Yankee fan. I'm not trying to defend them. But the problem here is that it, they're looking for Otani, okay? And like I've been telling you before, mm-hmm. Epler came here for that reason, that reason only. But if he doesn't come here, it's going to be a problem. So, you know, I don't think that we should just give up on the guy. I mean, I know that Show Walter, you know, I mean, he, 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 he takes you close enough, but he never wins. But how about the guy from Houston last year? He never won either. And look Justin. what happened. I, you know I understand. Uh, Dusty Baker. I understand, I mean, but I think I Dusty mean, Baker's a better manager than, than, than Buck Showalter at this very yeah, moment. But I it, mean, it, how, it, how it, Lou, how do you leave Robertson on a bench? How do you leave Ottavino on a bench? They both said they could do it. And and, and, and not bring him in and, and squander the lead you know, against I a divisional like opponent. I wouldn't trust him. Uh, Come on. Uh, uh, but, Coach, listen to this. I mean, he, he doesn't have what, what, what really what you need. In the bullpen, okay. Forget about Diaz because he's out. You know, let's let, let's wait. Let's give him another year, okay. Oh, let's another come year down. of this. Oh, Lou, these phone lines let's, are let's, actually going to explode. Yeah, but you know, come on, it's not fair. You know, I mean, what? Listen, when he was the manager of the Yankees, he was fired, and and I believe it was '95. He he helped construct this this Yankee team. You remember Joe Torre? Joe Coach, Torre, yes. He never won a freaking game, I mean, a champion or nothing as a, as a manager, until he went to play for the Yankees with that great team, which had four managers in the dugout, had a bench that is actually, the bench, it's the bench itself, 
could play regularly in any in any with any other ball club in the world. That was a team, one of the greatest teams that ever right. lived. Look, okay? look, the, it, the, yeah, you know, Buck Showalter isn't devoid of talent on that roster. He's got a, a, a Cy Young pitcher that he won the Cy Young last year on the top of his. I mean, I, we can go down the list of, and, and if Coach, pay attention, you know. This is now. What? This is, that was last year. This is now. Okay, he but I'm saying, but you, he's got superstars in this team: Scherzer, Lindor, Alonso. He's not devoid not of talent. Coach. What? Coach, he's not hitting. Let me ask you something. Oh, he's not hitting. Well, quick. okay, he's not hitting. Okay, real quick. Let me tell you, this is sentimental. Well, maybe it doesn't mean anything to you. But uh, uh, this guy, the shortstop, Lindor, what, told uh, uh, McNeil, if you win the championship, if you <laughs> have the batting title, yes. I will give you a car. Yes. Okay? That might be affecting him, not because of the car, because he got money to buy many, many cars. But it's the principle. It is the principle. There's the problem there, chemistry-wise. Yes, there is. What do you think? What do you think about that? I totally and, and Lou, I totally agree with you. That I think, and see, that's a, a manager needs to 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 figure that out. I think that's a honestly. It, it, I know it's silly, but you're right. It, it is the principle of it. If I tell you I'm going to do something, and the world knows about it, and I don't do it. That's got to create some bad blood in the clubhouse. I don't care what you say. I don't care what anybody says. I'm not attributing that to, you know, his struggles. At the play. By the way, Lindor has turned it around pretty much finally. I think he think he's turned a corner. We could talk about that if you'd like. But I don't know if that clubhouse is as together as it was in the past. I mean, that's, I mean, think about the rat raccoon thing and the, this and that. And it's, it was silly, but I think there's some friction there. I do. And that's on the manager to figure that out for his players. Figure out a solution, knowing the two guys. I don't know. I'm not in the clubhouse. I don't know what would placate both of them. But if you say you're going to do something and you don't do it, to me, that's, that's bad. That's really bad. Miriam in Forest Hills. What's up there, Miriam? How are you? How you doing, Danielle? I was, you know, okay? Miriam, I was thinking about you today, and I was like, you know what? I haven't heard from her in a long time. I swear. I was driving, and I was like, uh, where is she? I, I, I know it's, you know, not Islander season, but I, I and then you called. So that's, that's I'm amazing. I'm waiting for the draft. I'm waiting to see. The Islanders will be lowered down because they got to the playoffs. Yep. Uh, and the Rangers and Devils, too. Yep. The first pick will be Connor Bedard, who is a great Canadian hockey player, who will be picked by the Blackhawks. Yep, I've heard that. And the second player is from Slovakia, whose name is like Simone, and he's very good, and he played in the junior tournament. And um, one of the reasons I call this is because Buck Walter lost the game. Yes. The players did their best. They got six runs. Buck Walter should have said to Dave Robertson, I want you to pitch the eighth inning yep. to, you know, at least two batters. Well, well, there is a three-batter minimum. There is a three-batter minimum. Okay, but uh, let's let's say he says three batters, and he gets three outs. Yep. And then they go to the ninth. Yeah, what a a concept, right? (laughs) What a concept. I mean, come on. (laughs) I don't – I think he's – he doesn't know how to think in the now. Yes. I think he thinks too much in the future. Yep. He, he even said it after the game. The quote was something along the lines of managing for tomorrow. Uh, no, you got to win what's yeah, in front of you now. Tomorrow hasn't come yet. Right. And not for nothing, but Verlander went seven innings the last time he pitched. What if you that's don't really right. need help anyway tomorrow? Who knows? Yeah. What if yeah, it goes complete game right. tomorrow? I don't know. Who knows? But I'm saying he, he lost the game. 
The players did their part. Yep. And if they would have had, you know, either Robertson or uh, Adarino pitching in the eighth inning, the players probably feel more comfortable. Yep. And the young pitchers, you know what? The hitters know what the young pitchers are going to throw because they must have seen videos of them. Yeah, I'm sure they. I'm sure they have. And it, you know what, Miriam? Thanks for the call there. It was. Um, it was abs- today's loss was absolutely on Buck, and I know he wasn't the one throwing the pitches, but he didn't put his pitchers in the best position to succeed. And and this isn't against you know the Cubs or the Brewers or, or whoever. This was a divisional matchup, which this season you don't get as many as in years past because you're playing all of the teams this year. This was an important game today, and Buck Showalter fumbled it for the New York Mets. Fumbled it. 877-337-6666. Danielle McCartan with you till 1 here on The Fan. This is a super build-up. My name is Danielle McCartan as we wait for it. <laughs> Welcome back to The Fan. My name is Danielle McCartan as, like I just said, and the phone number to call is 877-337-6666 as the Mets meet the mess. I was singing this last night. Meet the mess. Meet the mess. Step right up and meet the mess. Awful. Awful. Just when you thought it couldn't get any worse, the New York Mets dropped a dismal, that's not even the right word, I don't even know what to call it. It was an embarrassing loss, and the, uh, you know, it was so bad, right, that, you know, like, the TV announcers, and I know the the Mets ones typically kind of, I don't know, um, how do I say it, they, they, they kind of tell it like it is, you know, the, the three guys on SMY, tell it like it is, which people appreciate but there's only so far you can kind of, like, take it, uh, I think, as an employee. I think they – I don't know. You never really see him really slam it. But there was a clip posted by uh, Awful Announcing um, that I just saw while I was scrolling on the commercial break. And here is Gary Cohen. And he is trying to, like – you know what? Listen to it, then we'll dissect it. Go ahead, Connor. Roll it. And the Mets' 42nd loss of the year is their most horrific – as the Mets bullpen melts down, aided by a key error, and gives up four runs on one hit in the eighth as Buck Showalter tried to stay away from his best relievers, and the Mets pay the price as the Phillies take the series finale and win the rubber game 7-6. to six. I think- Yeah, the Mets' 42nd loss is the most horrific. Agreed. Completely agree. And then this sentence, it's the truth. I mean, he's critical of Buck Showalter. He's critical of him in the closing moments of his game when he says, this is Gary Cohen, Buck Showalter tried to stay away, tried to stay away from his best relievers, and the Mets paid the price. Lost today's on Buck Showalter. Of course, the original clip from SNY, reposted by Awful Announcing, which is where I saw it, but Buck Showalter tried to stay away from his best relievers, and the Mets paid the price. That's exactly what happened. Gary Cohen summed it up beautifully. Ottavino said he was available. Robertson said he was available. And then you've got Buck, and he's like, oh, no, we can't use either of them. Really? David Robertson threw 13 pitches yesterday. 13. And he hasn't pitched in days leading up until yesterday. So come on. Come on. Then you bring him up in the in the ninth to do what? Like, you're already losing 7-6. The game's already over at that point. How demoralizing is that for your players? To You know, it's just, it's just uh, what kind of message does that send to your players? That's what I want to know. Uh, let's go to Teddy and Yonkers. What's up there, Teddy? Oh, Danielle, where do I start? You know, Danielle, in today's 
Daily News, they had a real analysis of Baltimore, Atlanta, Tampa Bay, and uh, the, the t- Cincinnati, the rookie. Boy, oh boy, where did they find this guy? Boy, if he was with the Yankees, man. Uh, Danielle, the bottom line is the, these teams are developing their own players, and when they're young and they produce for a few years, they sign them to long. That's what Atlanta has done. They sign them to long-term contracts, 10 years, okay? And they got them locked up. Danielle, Atlanta is going to be good long after I'm passed away from this earth, okay? And Tampa Bay, how that general manager does it, it just bewilders me. We have the average age for the Yankees, I think it's 33. Danielle, you're not going to win. I'm afraid, and I'd like you to comment on this. I remember the heart after the Yankees had won, the, got got into the World Series which in '64. That was the end. The Horace Clark years started. Are we heading for that? I know we'll have Judge, but I don't know, Danielle. I'm not counting on if we make the playoffs. The Yankees, we're just gonna get in. And I'm not counting that we're going to do well in the playoffs. And I think, still think we're not going to make it. And the Mets, Buck Showalter, should read the Daily News today. How to relieve stress from your job. I know he's going to, when you said he, or uh, the, uh, the other host, I forgot her name. Uh, uh, she said that Buck Showalter looked white as a ghost in the news conference. And when he was asked the question, who's going to pitch Tuesday? And he said, Tuesday is not here. I mean, do you know how you're going to die? What kind of answer is that? I just, you know, I can't believe it. It's getting to him. But as far as what happened today with the Mets, I'm a Yankee fan. I feel bad for the Mets fans. But it was his fault. Now, here's what what my friend, who's a diehard Mets fan, says. People don't know what they're talking about. What's his name? Robinson had a five-out save yesterday. But I said to him, 13 pitches. Yeah, he only threw 13 pitches. (laughs) I know. He said, it's the outs. Five outs. That's a lot of outs. Stop it. He said he was ready. I agree with you, Danielle. I I don't want to get into an argument with him, but uh, how he is. But I agree with you. Danielle, it was Buck's fault, and I think he realizes it. Do you think that Buck Showalter is losing it? I think, Teddy, I'll tell you something, and I said it in the open. I think he realizes how hot of a, a seat he's sitting on now when he was ejected in the ninth inning arguing that Mark Canicall. I think that's in the moment. I think that's when he was taking his frustration out because I think he knows. I think he knows. Yeah. That's what I thought. That was the moment I thought he, he really realized it. Danielle, let me ask you one last question. Mm-hmm. If Billy Martin was here, <laughs> and what you were talking about with Glaber Torres, his mental mistakes, oh, yeah. and uh, another guy, wouldn't Billy Martin be telling these guys off? What are they, is there a new rule that managers are not allowed to yell at their players? It's it's the new athlete. It's like you can't. You can't yell at him, you know. I don't know. I, I would do it. I would walk onto the field and be like, "You're coming with me." Next sub, sub. Oh, I don't know. And and Teddy, then thanks for the call. There. I appreciate that. But uh, yeah, lots there. But average age of the batters. Going back to that in the beginning, average age of of the Mets batters is 
Let me see if I sort it by here. Uh, they are the Mets batter. Mets average age of the batters themselves is third oldest in the league. Just the, the hitters. Yankees are fifth oldest in the league. Average age for the Yankees is 29. Mets are 29.7. And if you want to add in the pitchers, the Mets have the oldest oldest average pitching age uh, of the league, and it's not close. That's at 32.5 years. And the Yankees' average pitching age is 29. So 29-29 for them in terms of age. But, uh, man, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I don't even know where to start with the Mets. You would want them to be sellers at the deadline. You want them to become sellers. And yet, they're probably not. That would be embarrassing to have to do that after the declaration of we're going to be in a World Series. Wouldn't it be? Richard in Manhattan, you're up next on a fan. Daniel, I've seen this with the Yankees, too, where uh, Boone doesn't treat the game like it's it's more important than another game. But that's the way, I guess, I, I, you don't even know if that was Buck's decision today. We don't know that. I mean, clearly, it's wrong. You've got to use your best pitcher at a time that you need him the most. And right now, Robertson, now if he threw 20, 25 pitches yesterday, I can give him the benefit of the doubt. He had to throw 12, right? 12 pitches. 13 pitches. 13 pitches. You've got to use them. You have to use them. You have to. He's saying we don't want to, you know, win the battle or lose the war. I mean, you don't even know if you're going to need him the next day. That's what I said. This happened last week with the Yankees when they didn't use – they, he, he, uh, Boone held out three, their three best. Uh, he, he made two mistakes, Boone. Uh, similarly, he, he took out Cole before he had to, and then he went to relief pitching that not the top three relievers because they had all pitched the day before. So he doubled his uh, mistake by doing that. But uh, today, this was an important game. You had yes. to win this game. Had, had to. to. Had and to. they treat it like, but we see this all the time. So I don't know if it's everyone is swearing that it's Buck's decision. We don't know that. Well, listen, he and, and Richard, he is next to the call there. Um, we have to hit the break here, but he he is the manager. Okay, I don't care whose decision, what paperwork he's handed. You are the manager. You need to own whatever decision that it is, right, wrong, indifferent. It's your decision, and I would think that he's got some veto power as manager, as the oh, Buck Showalter that he is, I'm sure he's got a, a much more pull than what you know the analytics nerd down the hall says. Okay? He agreed to allow today's debacle to happen. When you had Robertson ready to go on the bench, you had Ottavino, who said he was ready to go before the game, told Buck he was ready to go. Buck told him, oh, only if we get into the 10th inning, we'll use you. Why are you managing for tomorrow? The game is in front of you today. And one more time, there is more emphasis placed on these divisional games because now all the teams play all the other teams, and there's less divisional games because of that. This was an important game today. And, you know, to gain a little ground on a team in front of them. And Buck Showalter fumbled the bag badly. Poorly. There's no real explanation for it either. That's that's Baltimore Buck back in action. I'm telling you, leaving Britain on the bench in that game. 877-337-6666. Got to take a very quick break. Peter Schwartz is here with an update right here, right next to me for an update. And I'm Daniel McCartan with you till 1 here on The Fan. Welcome back to The Fan. My name is Daniel McCartan. Hanging with you till 1 a.m. Two down, two to go. We're just getting started here. We're just getting started. You know, there was something, uh, I was watching the... Uh, 
Stanley Cup final. Uh, congratulations to the Vegas Golden Knights, by the way. That's my that's my adopted team. That's my West Coast team. But uh, there was a shot that hit the crossbar, and this uh, maybe it's just the surround sound in my house, whatever. But the the sound of the puck hitting the pipe, like rang through. It's like you know the sound, like the ringing of it, rang through the surround sound, and it got me thinking immediately. Like, all right, what is the best sound in all the sports? Is it like? I started thinking, is it the swish of a basketball going right through the hoop? Is it the crack of a wooden baseball bat? Is it the the dunk of the ball off the goalpost in football? Or is it that ring off the post in hockey? I don't know, but maybe I'll put it to a poll. But I think just, you know, this is my mind into how it works and a little insight into that. But I think the best sound in all the sports is the swish of a basketball, especially if you're the one who actually is the one shooting it. Like, you know, you know the sound, you know it. There's no better satisfying sound in sports, in my opinion. So, I don't know. It just signifies perfection. And I like perfection. Like, you you calculated a perfect shot. There's nothing you could have done more perfect. And that is the resulting sound of it. I don't know. Just just a thought. I don't know. As I was sitting there watching the, the ringing of the goalposts, whatever. I don't know. Thought I'd bring that to your attention. Anyway, 877-337-6666. It's been a baseball-heavy night. Buck Showalter makes another questionable decision that directly leads to a Mets implosion in the eighth inning. Josh Donaldson, for some reason, feels entitled to playing time despite his 125 batting average. And um, he he actually marched himself into the, the manager's office today to, de- in my opinion, demand more playing time. He said it wasn't that, and we're making it into something bigger than it is. It's absolutely – was, he, Boone was 40 minutes late to his press conference today, and Aaron Boone walks in that door as soon as like, – to the second he is on time, okay? Has, I mean, that's some nerve. That is some nerve from a guy who has done nothing, nothing offensively, definitely for this season, minimum this season. 877-337-6666. We go to Joe in Ronkonkoma, New York. You're up here on a fan. Hey, Daniel. How are you doing? I'm great. How are you? Pretty good. I'm a teacher, and I'm looking to uh, get into broadcasting also. So you're an inspiration. I appreciate everything you've done. Thank you. And, and you know what? Congratulations on a summer vacation. Hard-earned. Well-deserved. Yes. That's why I'm up late. <laughs> Me too. That's why I'm up late too. I'm going to sleep past 7 o'clock tomorrow. I know. Yeah, I was just um, just with Josh Donaldson. I mean, I mean, I, I think his, his tenure should be over Yep. with the Yankees. Um, you know, it's one of those things where – you know, Boone likes to just shuffle the lineup around, so he'll probably get him in the lineup tomorrow. He'll probably give maybe Rizzo a day off or something like that, you know, put DJ at first. You know, he, he, they like doing that. Uh, I'm a opponent, like an old-school type of guy, where just pay the, play the best nine, let them play. Yep. You know, like just keep on going, try to keep them, you know, try to stay hot, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you get that information sometimes from analytics, you know, he does. he needs a day off here or – he doesn't hit this person well, so let's give him a day off. Uh, just, just keep him in there. You know, just keep him in there. You know, he should. You know, he should just be a role player, like a just a, a bat off the bench, basically. At this point, you know, he can hit a home run. You know, who maybe. Donaldson? You're talking still? Donald, yeah. yeah, Donaldson. Yeah. So you know, I'm just you know, I I know that he wants to get him in. Hopefully, that was just talk, just to, but you know, he, I think he should just not play. Just let the other guys play. That's really what my, you know, my concern. And then hopefully. after the game, he was kind of like, "Oh, I'll do whatever the team needs me to do." That's that. I don't believe that for a single second. I think today, 
I think he should have been handed his walking papers right there in that in that meeting today and been like, you know what? You're complaining. You've hit point zero nine one over your last fifteen games. What are you doing? Why do you deserve to play? Give me give me reasons why you deserve to play. I'd be curious yeah. to see what he says. And Torres, you know, he's um, you know he's still under control. Um, he's still a talent. You know, just you know that play today where he just thought it was going to drop. Come on, that's awful. You got, awful. You got it. You know, the third base coach, I know it's loud there. I'm sure, you know, he's trying to scream at him, you know, but. No, you right. you have to have your, I mean, come on, that's a, that's a little league play. Ball gets hit between, you know, the, the second baseman and the right fielder. You go halfway. You advance exactly. the third if he drops it. You go back if he catches it. That's you just got to watch simple. it all the way. I mean, that's you guys made, made a great play on it, but, I mean, you still got to watch it. I always to... tell my players, make sure you see it hit the ground. You have to see it yourself hit the ground, and then you make a decision. Yeah, it's one of those things where they, they always they always want to get to the next base. They're always like, you know, like they're always think they're not, not going to get to the next base. Yeah, in that it's, situation, it's okay just to stay at third. That's or second know? to say a second. It, to say it's a okay. second, but if it drops, you just just you're at third. It's okay. It, it was a tough play, you know. So what I'm saying is, you know, he was trying to get to third, maybe try to score on that play, but you know, you got to make sure it drops. And if it drops, then you're on third. That's okay. It's it's all right. Yeah. You know? And then Joe, what I can't deal with is the mental mistakes. I can't, from the Mets and the Yankees. I mean, you are a professional Major League Baseball player. You've played this game all your entire life. How do mental mistakes keep happening with such frequency? The physical, the physical will happen. You, you got to just deal with those. But the mental mistakes, unforgivable. Let's go to Forest Hills. Linda, you're up next here on The Fan. Danielle, how are you doing? Great. How are you, Linda? I'm good. Um, wow. What can, what can be said about both teams? In New York, other than baseball in New York right now is a bleep show. <laughs> yep. Seriously. It is. Seriously. As far as the Mets are concerned, um, you know, you, you can't, you, you can't make it up at this point. Daniel, I didn't like, I didn't like the vibe going into the season. I didn't like the vibe in spring training with this team, even, even after, um, Diaz's injury, Daniel, Billy Epler is a loser. Billy Ineptler is his name on, on my show. Billy Ineptler, mm-hmm. exactly, mm-hmm. which is what we all call him these days. Yep. Billy Ineptler is a loser. His record does not lie, okay? Yep. The Anaheim is only now starting to get up from under. Yes. The the ruin he left that team in with t- the two best players in the sport. I know. Languishing. <laughs> languishing there. Okay? Yep. I, 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 inexplicable. Danielle, since last season's trade deadline, I was incensed. Yep. Okay? How he has the gall to pick up these players off the literal scrap heap and tells Buck, okay, I'm not saying that Buck is not at fault for his many, many questionable decisions, Mm -hmm. this afternoon included. Mm -hmm. But I feel like Buck is checked out, in in my opinion, okay? I I feel like he's, whether or not he said it to him directly or whether whether he's thinking it, Buck is probably thinking, Billy... You give me bleep, we're going to play like bleep. 
Yeah, and I could see that that qualm with the bullpen, but then how do you leave your best two? I mean, with that whole conversation again, you know what I mean? The bullpen is not great. It wasn't addressed in the offseason. It was not. And, and let me tell you no. something, Lindy. Uh, Linda. Danielle, nothing was addressed. Nothing. Nothing. Not the DH. I sat here literally in this chair the day that they got Daniel Vogel back, and everybody's calling me up like, oh, great move, great move. Oh, no. my God. I said it that Danielle. day. I called him a half a DH. Danielle, Danielle, Evan, Evan, I love Evan. He's he's like the, the mean Met fan on the stage. Evan called me Frank the Tank, okay? <laughs> Linda, I'm glad, I- I'm glad we found each other now because uh, – we're we're more realistic on, on on what what goes around here. What goes on? I am so I am so happy that that you agree because yes, just it, it, the, how this man. I cannot wait until he's fired. That's that's all I got to say. I cannot wait until this incompetent man is fired. This management from top to bottom and Buck is a part of it has been a joke, mm-hmm. an absolute. Joke and yet and, and yet for, you got a sympathetic for, for owner. Cohen, yep, and for Steve Cohen, not to come out to be so passive, you know, with the management that he has in his day job, he needs to put as much effort into into getting the the right management for his baseball club that he obviously has for his point uh, seventy two job. Yeah. Because seriously. This t- this team, we thought ninety two was bad. This is worse, Linda. This is um. Th- this is. I-, I don't want. See, I don't want to. I think Steve Cohen wants to do everything possible for this Mets team to be successful. He was a fan. He bought the team. You know the whole story, right? He is entrusting the wrong people to get it done, namely Billy Ineptler. I mean. It's easy. It's easy to sit as soon as the team makes a move and be like, that's a great move. It's easy to sit and say that because you don't get any pushback. But when you sit here in my chair and you say, that's a half a DH, and now everybody's starting to call him a half a DH. Vogelbeck is useless. I mean, I, I, look at look at the track record of Billy Epler here in New York. Who has he impactfully traded for? Honestly, without, I'm not talking about free agency. Me and you and Linda, we can all spend Steve Cohen's money with the black card. But impactful players that he has brought in, who are they? Mm, I don't know. Let's go to uh, Ken and Queens. You're up next here on a fan, Ken. How you doing, Danielle? All right, Ken. How are you? I heard a call before. I called up this afternoon and I had said, when I saw the press conference with Buck, he looked as white as a ghost. I don't know if the caller was saying the, the same thing that I it. had said. Yes. All right. Well, I had called up this afternoon and said that. Mm-hmm. And he looked lost. Mm-hmm. He looked like he's so out of it. I think Buck, since the beginning of the season, has aged 20 years on the job. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, saying that, Mr. Billy E., Okay, he's believe it or not, we'll have a job next year, and I'm gonna tell you why. David Stearns, everybody knows, is coming next year. Him and Billy happen to be very tight, so I figure Billy will still be here. David Stearns will be ahead of everything, making all the key decisions. Mm-hmm. Maybe Billy E will go out and say, uh, Hey, listen, uh, Billy, we need some Dunkin' Donuts and coffee. Want to go get it for us? <laughs> you know, that, that'll be Billy E's main job. Yeah, but Ken, he'll okay? screw that up too, man. He'll screw that up yeah, too. He'll probably, come back with a half a cup. Wrong 
<laughs> anyway, but he's to blame. Or, I mean, I don't know if I called you up, Sal. I called every week. Why aren't they signing Andrew Chafin? Why aren't they signing Andrew Chafin? This guy signed for $7 million one year in Arizona. He's having a great season. Yep. They're having a great season. He had one lefty rally, so he thinks he couldn't use another one? What, are you kidding me? <laughs> and now he calls up Danny Medwick yeah. instead of Mark Mauricio. Vientos? Well, well, the thing is, Mauricio, great, cool, but he has never, he's only got, what was it, 18 innings of experience at third base. That's it. Yeah. I mean, what is, what is Danny Medwick, a utility guy, yeah. going to do for this Met team? Nothing. I mean, call up Mauricio and let's see what he has. Obviously, they're not going to call up Vientos again right now. Yeah, because so Buck, Mauricio a shot. Buck didn't see like what him. He has. What was Maybe wrong with he's in third base today. He don't make that error that Beatty makes to lead to the floodgates open. I don't right? know about I don't know about that. Mauricio he he doesn't have experience at third base and the only experience he has is at is at the double A level. So I, I wouldn't be doing that. I, I'd keep Beatty right where he is. But what about Vientos? What what happened? Buck just didn't like him. Billy uh, and Buck has screwed Vientos his trade value now, Danielle, yeah. is worth zip yep. what they've done to that young kid. Yep, poor Even guy. if he hits in the minor league, yep. what are they going to get for him? But look, they're going to sell. The Escobar is only the beginning. Nah. Robinson will go because they'll get a nice piece for him. Nah. Rally might go. Out of Vino, if they can get someone to take the $10 million that he has for the rest of this year and next year, he'll go, which means Steve Cohen will probably pick up the tab. These guys are all going. I don't Believe know. Me. I, I mean, I, I and Ken, that's a great call. I love pa- the passionate call there, but I, I don't know if they're going to be sellers because, like I said before, there's a lot of um, pride that you have to put aside when you when you give a three to five year World Series window, and then you have to say, "Oh, actually, yeah, sorry, that, that's not going to work." Like that's I don't know about that. I don't know how that would go over here in New York. I think the Mets are going to press the pedal to the metal. I think Billy Inepler is going to screw the team even more. And then he's going to be up and out of here. That's why I never have a key for anybody to be fired. I never do that. But I, I, if I were the owner of the Mets, I would not allow this man another tra- – I, I, I would have let him go oh, 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 at least a month ago because I would love to get a new general manager in there that would be – you know, familiarizing him or herself with the, all everybody, all the whole personnel, the whole entire organization. I would not allow Billy Inepler to bungle yet another trade deadline. But I guess that's just me. Let's go to uh, Joe in Connecticut. What's up there, Joe? Hey, Daniel. How you doing? Good. How are you? Good. All right. Uh, I want to talk about the Yankee fundamentals, but just a quick comment on Donaldson, and yeah. I'll let that go because I'm sure other people will comment on him. The guy is toxic. He's always been toxic wherever he's been. Mm-hmm. He's only been forgiven for being toxic when he won an MVP. Otherwise, he's it's just a matter of time. He did. A, he showed glimpses of it last year with Paul Anderson debacle. The guy's toxic, and now it's happening. But anyway, he like you say, he should have been gone. Let me get to the fundamentals. I mean, just the last couple of days, stuff you haven't seen for years. Maybe even the announcers saying they've never seen it in Major League Baseball. China for Leffa. Stealing the base, getting called safe, and walking off I know. the field. What was about. that about? I mean, Torres. I mean, again, yeah, you're right. You go halfway. I get it. You don't even have to go halfway. <laughs> he wasn't even a force play. Yeah. He could have stood on second base. I know. If he wasn't sure, I if know. he wasn't sure if it was even caught, say he was trapped. Yep. You just go back to second base. You're safe. Yep. 
There's no force. Yep. So you don't even have to go halfway. There's no excuse for getting doubled off. Yep. Either way. Either way. Falls or not. Yep. And then Volte. I mean, uh, what the heck? The guy can't hit his weight. He's struggling. I give him credit for trying, but he's struggling. He's overmatched most on a good, most bad days. He's facing Evaldi, who's a Yankee killer with really nasty stuff. Mm-hmm. He's up with a man on second, no out. All he has to do is give himself up, hit the ball to the right side, choke up, punch the ball. And now I want to hear it's harder, it's easier said than done. I've played baseball at a high level. It's not that hard when you're a major league hitter to give yourself up, knowing you're going to give yourself up, forget about bunting or even like that, just hit the ball to the right side. He strikes out with swinging from his heels. Like yeah, for that's, a home run that's against the thing. A, a Joe, good for you, Joe, because that's the one thing I also did want to address here, too. I'm crazy. Yeah, there's no adjustment on the swing for, for him. It, it's glaringly obvious with him. He's swinging off his heels, and, and he's trying to crush the ball with, like, with two strikes. And, and it's, I'm wondering, is anybody else watching this in the Yankees organization? Like, like a hitting coach might be like, hey, dude, your approach is all wrong. You have to be a little bit more mental when you're up there and thinking about, okay, I'm not going to try to put this one in the seats. I just need to move the runner over. I mean, as a baseball player, yes, you should know that. But being overwhelmed, possibly being overmatched, you're not thinking about that. You're just trying to just – you're struggling through it. There, Where is the hitting coach on this Yankees team? Where? And, and what adjustments have this has this guy made? I mean, I, I, listen, listen, to be swinging from your heels in that scenario is completely wrong. That is the wrong approach. And, and I'm wondering where, how all of this is going to be rectified. Now, he has been hitting 222 over his last seven games. Not great, but an improvement. Definitely an improvement. And, and we're keeping him. We're keeping him at the major league level. I don't want to hear any calls about sending them back to wherever he came from. No. But um, we can maybe venture in a little bit of other sports topics here because I also have a little bit on Saquon Barkley if we want to talk that. If you wanted to do um, Zion Williamson, did you see those rumors? Possibly being a New York Nick? Yeah, I saw some of that on Twitter, like from actual reputable sources. It made me want to poke my eyes out. I'm Daniel McCartan, and it will make me sick to see Zion in a Knicks jersey next season. He is not a fit for these New York Knicks whatsoever. 877-337-6666. Welcome back at 11.27 and 30 seconds right here on The Fan of New York City. My name is Daniel McCartan, taking you all the way up to 1 a.m. We're just getting started here. Wide awake and just getting started on this this Sunday fun day. I mean, you should have seen driving into New York City before what was going on in the streets here. Cruises for the Pride Parade, leaving on the Hudson River with the, the stages and music, get on the ships. Uh, just downtown here, I was worried I wasn't getting a parking spot because that's how many people were out and about. And wow. Amazing! It was amazing to just sit at the traffic lights and look around and look at look at all, all the people. I just do some people watching, and there were NYPD every single corner, uh, which is is always greatly appreciated. Um, but what is not appreciated is is a man that mm, is hitting 125, mar- mar- barging into the manager's office and demanding playing time, and then telling the reporters. Don't make it into something that it's not. We were just ha- having personal stories, share time. Come on. This one time at band camp, is that what was going on in that office today? I doubt it. I highly doubt it. He also then said, oh, I've never sat as a healthy player, uninjured player. I've never sat for three Yankee, you know, three games in a row as a Yankee ever. That's what this is about. There's no reason to play him. And actually, in fact, they DFA'd Aaron Hicks, and he was hitting 188 at the time. Donaldson for the season, 
125. And now he's bringing this all drama queen-itis with him. Got him. DFA. Done. Done deal. We go to Douglas in the Bronx. Go ahead. You're up on the fan. Good evening, Danielle. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I want to take a quick pop culture tangent with you, um, but don't worry. I'm going to tie it to sports. <laughs> okay. okay. Um, so earlier they have, they had the BET Awards. It was going on, and it was on several channels, and they did an in-memoriam to several celebrities. And at the end, they honored the late, great Tina Turner. And the song they used that was performed was simply the best. So, of course, you know, that's the song all, a lot of Ranger fans know, mm-hmm. was that uh, during the 1994 playoff run, the team used it as motivation, and as they hoist the cup, Madison Square Garden played that song. So I have fond memories of that, too. Oh, that's nice. So, that's Dan- a nice tie-in, yeah. yeah. So, so, Danielle, okay. So you're going to see it trending on social media, Danielle, because now Patti LaBelle, who is a legend herself, she performed it. And she botched it. Um, she was very pitchy. In the middle, she was saying, um, I'm really trying, y'all. Oh, Lord. Oh, boy. Whatever. I can't see the words. Oh, my God. Yeah, that whatever. reminds me of Mariah Carey in Times Square on New Year's Eve. That was yeah. awful. <laughs> right. <laughs> but uh, Tina Turner, still a legend. Patti LaBelle, still a legend. Yeah. But that was an unfortunate performance. Okay. <laughs> unfortunate <On> to- performance. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I still I love both artists anyway. But um, on to baseball. Um, I'm going to credit my work colleague, Mark Berman. Um, he coined the phrase, a cancellation clock is ticking, but in reference to TV shows, they're about to end. But I think this is a phrase that's appropriate for Buck Showalter. I'm, it breaks my heart because... Um, I really like the guy of being a Yankee fan, but it's not just today. I, I mean, it's not, but today was very indicative of it, um, but it's just accumulation of it, how they handled vocal back and the handling of the kids, today the relievers. So no matter what management says and what ownership says, I mean, the question that that's really pondering a lot of Mets' minds is, do the Mets do what the Phillies did last year in firing a former Yankee manager? Is it a matter of when, not if, Daniel, well, right? Yeah, Douglas, that's a great question. And for me, I don't know immediately who the replacement would be. And I think that's why Buck is so safe. Quote, air quotes there, safe. I think that's why. I mean, if the Mets could just, more importantly, part ways immediately with Billy Epler, you, you have Sandy Alderson that could step in and finish the season out. And I know he said he didn't want any of these responsibilities, but... He can do it. Like there wouldn't be anything. They wouldn't miss a beat if Epler was gone. But as far as Buck, who's going to step in and replace him? That's that's the thing. That's the problem. We'll take this one Jets call right here. Eddie and Rockland, you're up here on the fan in New York City. Eddie, going once, twice, three times. Sold. Sorry about that, Eddie. Try again next time. <laughs> I, I just got a DM from a guy named uh, Brian Hirschback. Brian sends me a, a link. And by the way, at Coach M-C-C-A-R-T-A-N on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook.com slash Coach McCartan as well. Um, it's, a, it's a post from, uh, yeah, 24th, yesterday, from Mike Lupica, who's a legendary, legendary, let me say it again, legendary columnist, right, for the New York Daily News. But Lupica says, and here's the tweet. The Knicks need to take a big swing on Zion Williamson if he becomes available. 
He will show up big and remind everybody why the Knicks were so desperate to get him from Duke. If it didn't happen in New Orleans, why shouldn't it be here in New York? Well, Brian, thanks for sending me that because that's a total uh, segue into I will poke my eyes out uh, in, if, if Zion Williamson becomes a Nick. I mean, the rumor mill, it's its full force. I, I appreciate that. And the Knicks being in every, in every conversation, I appreciate that. But Zion Williamson, is that a joke, man? Is that a joke? Listen, dude is 22 years old. 22. Averages just 38 games a season. Now, if I divide 38 by 82, just a regular season game, that means in his career he plays in 46% of regular season games. This would be the ultimate stupid move for the Knicks. It would be the ultimate um, setback for the Knicks for years. I mean, this guy, he's listed at hes listed at 284 pounds. You know he's more than 284. He's listed at 284 pounds. And I'm not trying to weight shame anybody. Believe me, I'm not. But what my point being, what makes you think that that body type would be condi- – and, and at that height, he's not, a, he's not a huge dude. What makes you think that that would be conducive for any sort of full-season basketball? Let me know. I think it was it was Charles Barkley. I think that was the, making the point of of him carrying with the weight, jumping with the weight, and just the impact on his knees. So no, just based on how many games he's played in. But listen to me, I was right about Rodon. Ben MGM uh, actually, I follow them on whatever account, but that, and I mentioned it because they put a trade proposal on their uh, it was their Instagram account, I think. And it said, Knicks receive Zion and Garrett Temple. And the Knicks give up to get them. This is, BetMGM put that out there. Julius Randle, they'd give up. Emmanuel Quickly, a 2024 first, a 2025 first, and a 2026 first. I mean, I didn't even get past reading the first lines the first time around. Hell no. No. What? That is ridiculous. Too much to give up for him. Shame on you, BetMGM, for putting it out there. I mean, listen, that's fine and all, but I don't want a player who is who plays and has a track record of playing in just 46% of regular season games. I also don't think that would jive too well with Tom Thibodeau and his style of coaching. Load management, this and that. I'm, I'm going to take literally half the season off and make a zillion trillion dollars while doing it. it. It's just, it's just, it's a bad mix. Stay far away from Zion Williamson, New York Knicks. I am begging you. It will set your franchise back years, years, maybe even a decade. 877-337-6666. Let's go to Bruce in Jacksonville, Florida, listening on the Odyssey app. Hey, Bruce, what's going on? Hey, Danielle. Thanks for taking my call. Thanks for making uh, it. Nick fan in Duval. Mm-hmm. Got a question for you. You are dead on. Mike Lupica, I wonder what Nick team he was watching because the reason that Miami Heat beat us because we don't have any shooters and Miami sat in that zone to stop our penetration. Exactly. So I don't. So that makes no sense to get Zion. The Knicks need shooters. And as far as that MGM trade proposal, you're not allowed to give up first-round picks in consecutive years, and the Knicks don't have 
ton of seconds. So that trade doesn't even make sense. But what shooters are the Knicks looking for? Uh, you, they they have Paul George on their radar, but like for him, I mean, he's always injured too. I mean, he he's got load management concerns as well. Um, I don't know. Is I don't Divincenzo know. on the list? Yeah, I saw that today. Dante Divincenzo was they were kicking the tires on him, is what I did see today. Yes. Okay, I was just wondering because I don't get Knicks down here, so I know we need shooters bad. Yeah, badly in the worst way. Yes. Um, and I, of course, go ahead, and go of ahead. course, our boy Mitch has got to learn how to shoot foul shots. Oh, I know. I mean, if I were him, I would be on the foul line a hundred times a day, every day, until it's automatic. There's nobody guarding you. Come on, <laughs> you're like eight feet tall. How could you not hit a free throw? It's called a free throw. I don't know. Yeah, shoots a flat, but uh, they need shooters. They don't need Zion. Exactly. I totally agree with you there, Bruce. They don't need Zion. No, Honestly, Zion could be one of maybe one of the biggest busts ever. I mean, how hyped up was that prospect, right? Prospect Zion Williamson. Dude's played in, in 46% of his games. He lost, what was it, 20 pounds? He, he lost 20 pounds coming into this season, cut down to 284. I mean, I'm not fat shaming anybody. I'm not. But when you're 284, listed at 284 and 6'6", you know he's heavier than 284. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. 877-337-6666. We go to Steve in Poughkeepsie. You're up next here on a fan. Hey, Stevie. It's a pleasure. How you doing? Uh, great. How are you? Okay. I've been listening to y'all since I was a kid. <laughs> I mean, these stations, and I, it's funny that I'm on it for the first time. Oh, but, I um, love that. But... Thanks for making me first. I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm getting on. I tried to get on earlier, and I wasn't, it was, the line was busy. So I can't believe I'm getting on. But, hey, listening to the talk, it, it just maybe I'd be like, oh, God, I want to say something so bad. I think um, people are really missing. Remember me, Stevie from Poughkeepsie. If Obi Toppin gets straight, remember, I know basketball. I still can play, too. If he gets straight, I'm telling you he's going to come back and destroy the Knicks. He's oh, gonna destroy for, sure. for sure. He's going to destroy Randall. Oh, my God, he's, for sure. Oh, yeah, he's a he's a team ball player, good quality kid from New York. He he's athletic. He makes the team better because he's not selfish. And you know wants what? to be here. Gave him a chance. He wants to be here. And the coach is not professional because he don't hold Julius Randle accountable to nothing. I watched Julius. If he was hurt, it's an excuse anyway because he doesn't hustle most of the time anyway. Mm-hmm. I watched them just dunking on the Knicks game. Well, that last game, Knicks could have won. He, Kobe, Obi made two threes. He's the only one scoring. He, he had a good bounce in this. The coach took him out. I said, why? And put Randall in. Randall did nothing but hurt the team. Uh, he doesn't try to hustle. He's never held accountable. The coach got something against Obi, and people are knocking Obi. He's human. He, well, he, did, he went through that all these years. Steve, Steve did I you mean, see? Did you hear the audio that was apparently leaked earlier this week of him and, and Obi Toppin, Thibodeau and Obi Toppin having an, an argument at practice? Someone like recorded it in their pocket. But to me, oh, I didn't hear. You heard it? It's it's like it's like you can hear it's in like somebody's pocket. You can't hear it word for word. I wish someone would have transcribed it. But apparently there was an argument. And from what I gathered, it was Obi Toppin kind of questioning Thibodeau. Like, are you kidding me? Like, maybe it was taking me out in that game. Maybe not putting me in in that game. But there was a I think the question was about playing time. And 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 if I'm. You know, and I know I came down on Josh Donaldson for wanting the same thing, but Josh Donaldson sucks. Obi Toppin does not. You know what I mean? Thank you. 
But the people that think the Knicks should trade him don't see Obi as he is. They say, well, he had all these points. That was because of who they played against. Well, my God, what is he supposed to do? When he played in the playoffs, he did well, very well. Yeah. And he didn't have the opportunity to develop on the court. He doesn't play much. Right. And, and, and Hart, as good as Hart was when he came to New York, he's not Obi Toppin. Toppin can score and do other things. The coach hurt the Knicks. Um, by by being unprofessional, he doesn't go with what's working. You got to have well, Randall, Randall, Randall. Right, and Randall's here's the not thing. Every, he's not all that. I'm and, saying, but uh, let me just say this last thing yeah. before you say something. Randall is 25 and 10, whatever it is. But what about the things he does to help the team, the other team win? No, no defense, uh, taking bad shots, selfishness, making people scared to yeah, play the, the game that because don't, they're worried about uh, right. what he's going to think. You know, right. The things that don't show up in a, in a box score. Right, I agree. Um, but I had something to say, and I forgot it. I was about to interject, and he kept talking. What was it? What was it? But it'll be topping. Um, geez, I don't know. Totally blanked on it. Sorry about that. Anyway, um, I'll try to think over the break. <laughs> if I can get it, it'll come back to me. Um, you know, as I, I literally am sitting here in the studio, uh, I've got the channel that starts with E and ends with N, and it's four letters on. They're showing highlights from the, the, the Cubs-Cardinals game. Now we're into the third inning highlights from London. I got to tell you, call me crazy, I absolutely hate the London games for Major League Baseball. Sorry. Your thoughts, 877-337-6666. back. It's a new day. My name is Danielle McCart. It's almost a new day. It's almost 12 midnight. McCart at midnight. Coming your way. I'm here till 1 a.m. Emmanuel Barbari comes your way. Then he is here. He has made it. This is a throwback to good Charlotte and like seventh grade. I love this CD so much. Like the teeth on the inside of the, C- the, the actual CD. The teeth, you know, those little things that used to stick up. They were gone. They were gone. They were non-existent. That's how much, many times I played this CD. Oh, I love. I might listen to this all the way home, actually. I might listen to this all the way home, Connor. What a pick. From way downtown. What a pick. I love it. This is the anthem. Throw all your heads up. People are like, all right, enough. <laughs> People are listening to this like, all right, enough. Like the guy that tweeted me just 10 minutes ago now said, Danielle, I, you just had to get political, didn't you? Click. And Connor and I are sitting here like, political? When did that happen? I have no idea. But I, I do have to tell you this. I can't stand the London Baseball series, Major League Baseball, It's I can't stand it. I have to get this off my chest because I, I, I just was watching the highlights in here. Since 1892, I feel like old man and cloud right now, but since 1892, the Cubs and the Cardinals have played each other right here on our soil. It was yesterday and it was today, and Rob Manfred took that heated 131-year rivalry and decided to play it America's pastime in the country we fought for our independence from. Or the country from which we fought our, our independence. So I don't like any of these international games across any of these leagues, including the NFL and their ridiculous games in, in Germany, in Mexico, wherever else. It takes a game away from the everyday passionate fan here. And if they want to grow the game, that's great. They are multi-billion dollar corporations with multi-billion dollar owners. Go start a small league. Six teams, grow it to eight, grow it to ten. Have your own leagues. Then maybe you can actually have a real world series. Maybe that. Maybe, right? And then you think about the athletes too, right? The Cubs. 
are probably in the air right now to come home. And if not, maybe tomorrow morning they're leaving London time. But they have the Cubs have one travel day after a seven-hour time difference. Remember, they're not – I think I don't think Chicago's on Eastern time, I don't think. But either a six- or a seven-hour time difference, which is a major body clock shift for these athletes that are, you know, regimented and all that. So the Cubs have one travel day after the time difference, and then they're home against the Phillies on Tuesday. And then the Cardinals, the same thing. They're home against the Astros on Tuesday. And I don't think that's too fair. Like, I think, who was it, the Cardinals or is it the Cubs? But one of them has not been home since June 16th. That's a long and far road trip. And that's that's a lot to ask from completely regimented athletes, in my opinion, midseason like that. And, you know, why does it matter to any of us? Because they've got the Mets and the Phillies scheduled for next year already. And I don't know. They didn't, nothing I could see anywhere, but I don't know if they're going to be taking the home series away from the Mets or the Phillies. But it'll be on June 8th and June 9th that those dates are out there. And Rob Manfred said, we think our game is at its best when we have traditional rivals playing. All right, well, let me finish that for you. I'm going to add on and taking it away from the American fans. And he continued on to say, and this is a quote, and we want to show the fans here in London the very best form of baseball. Well, in that case, the very best? Maybe Rob Manfred should reconsider the Mets playing in that series after all next year because they are far, far from the best. And I got a good tweet before. Where did it go? Oh, I tried saving it here. Uh, Big Apple voiceover tweeted me at Coach MCCARTAN and said, London is a waste of resources and money. Major League Baseball should invest in equipping all Major League parks with outfield safety walls. Well, there's an idea. Because as of right now today, the Dodgers have not fixed the wall. that The portion of the wall that could very likely tank the Yankee season. So, anyway, seems to be all negative tonight. <laughs> Sorry, it's just the way it went. Uh, in the order that you call, we'll go to Tom in Staten Island. What's up, Tom? Hey, Danielle. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm depressed, Danielle. Yep. I'm depressed about the Mets. Yep. Uh, first, on on your um, comment before of uh, sounds and sports, how about making a long putt and the golf ball falling in the cup? Wait, say that one more time. The cu- you were talking about sounds and sports, oh, which were the most. Oh, sad- the sound. I missed one word. Sounds. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a good sound too. I didn't think of that one. Yeah, that was good. Okay. <laughs> and on to the Mets. Uh, I'm thinking the problem is now systemic from the top down. Um, I don't know if you can think of any other organization when they call up their prospects. The denigration. Everything comes like even think when Alonzo was called up. What was the knock on Alonzo? Well, they said I didn't because I knew that he no, wanted. No, no, de- no, not you. He, I, I know he, he won a defensive award at, in the minor leagues with the Las Vegas 51s. I, 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 I tried preaching it, but the knock on him from the majority of people was the lazy take of his defense isn't good. Am I right? Right. Right. Vientos. What's the knock? Same thing. Alvarez. Same thing. And the Mets are like the team that can't shoot straight. They call Alvarez up in the biggest series of the year last year. I know. The Braves, when they're fighting for their lives. Yep. The kid's overmatched. Yep. They make them look terrible. Yep. Vientos, they call him up. He, ha- he has time to play. There's no one in third that's even a threat. It should be his position. Let him make mistakes. 
we know what we have, and it's not working. Yep. It's not working at all. Let the kids come up, play pressure-free, because at this point, the reason why I say I'm depressed is I don't think the Mets can be sellers. Who do they have to sell? They have nobody to sell at this point. We're stuck in like a quagmire of yep. contracts and players not playing up to their potential. And as scary as it sounds, the only three teams in the National League with worse records are St. Louis, Colorado, Washington. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, it's ridiculous with the payroll. And for people that are saying that, you know, maybe they have a shot to, they maybe have a shot to sneak into the last wild card. They're eight games out right now. And they have to leapfrog teams like the Dodgers, San Diego, Philadelphia, Milwaukee, all exponentially better than what we're playing right now. Yep. So I, I don't know what the Mets can do. They're, they're stuck. And do you know any other organization that calls up their young prospects and has knocks on them? Volpe came up. The, the big thing with the Yankees was we got to take the pressure off, not make, compare him to the next Jeter. Right. De La Cruz comes up. All over Twitter and Instagram, welcome to the show. Mm-hmm. Juan Franco, uh, we can go on and on. Pena with mm-hmm. the uh, Astros. Yep. August pulled up, and it's immediately, well, we can't play him because ABC. And listen, when, when Alonzo came up, I thought he was going to have hands like feet, the way they made it sound. Yep. He's perfectly serviceable, and his offense is great. I, I, I don't, that's why I think there's a systemic problem. And Epler has now put us in a position where, who are we going to sell? We can't get rid of Verlander or Scherzer. Right. They make too much. Right. Um, that's why, and, and really, Tom, that's why I think, honestly, and, and you're a great caller here, that's why I think that the, the Mets are going to be buyers at the deadline. That's what I think. They're going to try uh, to salvage it with a, with a Band-Aid. Stop a, a, a hemorrhage with a Band-Aid. But so, something's wrong. You know, like we're, know. we're trying, like, I think we're trying to cure a fever with a Band-Aid. Like, yep. I think, you know, and the other thing is, I, I think the days of, you know, the old way that the uh, the old Yankees just, they would say they would just buy their teams. I think that's coming to an end, and I think the new playbook's going to be what the Braves did. They get their young guys up, sign them all quick. Yep. Give them, overpay them young, and they get it on the front end. The yep. Braves are going to be good for the next 10 years. Yeah, Tom, you're I, right. You're right. The Braves are going to be, and unfortunately, they're in the same division as the Mets, and I hate to cut you off there. You're a great caller, very knowledgeable. Um, I mean, I don't even know where to go from here. I don't even know, but the biggest problem I have with Vientos is is the jerking him up and down. You're gonna you're gonna come up, you're gonna sit, you're gonna come up, you're gonna have this bad here, and then just one time, it's ridiculous. I mean, and they've damaged his trade value. To talk about trade pieces for the Mets, that would have been a really good one, but unfortunately, they ruined that. Buck Showalter ruined that. All right, sorry, we got to take a quick break here. Sorry about that. I'm running a little late here, Connor. Uh, quick break. Peter Schwartz has got an update for you. I'll be back with you right at the top of the 12 a.m. hour, right here on the fan. The New York Liberty was named captain of the WNBA All-Star Game. That's cool. July 15th in Vegas. Very cool. Might have to tune in on that. Um, just saw that on TV. Wanted to share that with you. My name is Daniel McCartan. I'm hanging with you for one more hour right here on The Fan. It's been a lively night tonight, as expected, after uh, Buck Showalter and the Mets. Well, let's put it this way. His decision directly, again, cost the Mets the game. I, I, it's unfathomable to me how you could take a three-run lead into the bottom of the eighth inning 
put together a smorgasbord of ridiculous uh, relievers when your best two are nailed to the bench and you don't go to either one of them. And then you have David Robinson, who is your best one. He, he gets up and starts throwing in the ninth inning. I mean, it's just embarrassing, man. It's embarrassing. And the gobbledygook that happens after these games, I've been saying it and saying it. It's just, it's ridiculous. I actually was laughing out loud at some of the things that Buck Showalter was saying. After, and then I was like, ah, crap. Because I was like trying to take notes on it. I was like, ah, laughed out loud. I got to go rewind it, rewind it, and then go back and, and, and actually, you know, start to transcribe it. It's just ridiculousness. I mean, there's no, there's no accountability. There's no ex- real explanation as to why they he parked his best reliever on the bench. Just none. None. He said something about he was going to get the ninth. And then Adovino was going to get the 10th. You can't manage for tomorrow today. And may I point out that the last time that Verlander went out, because he's the pitcher, I guess, today, Monday, the last time Verlander, Verlander went out to pitch, he pitched seven innings. So you might not even, maybe you don't need a bullpen on Monday. You And, and it's, it was a divisional game, and the Mets needed to have that game. And that was a fatal mistake, fatal mistake by Buck Showalter. Where are the defenders tonight? Where are the defenders tonight? Give me a call. Bring it on. Bring it on. I'm Danielle McCartan, and I want you to bring it on. 877-337-6666. Buck defenders, where you at? Because on Twitter right now, by the way, in capital letters, it says, Fire Buck. Trending on Twitter right now. Go check. And follow me while you're at it. At Coach M-C-C-A-R-T-A-N. Let's go to AJ. AJ and poor Jeff. You're up next here on a fan, AJ. Hey Danielle, how you doing? Great. How are you? Oh, I'm not 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 well. I'm not well. Um, just before I, I rip the Mets for a minute, I agree with you totally on the, uh, the games overseas, any sport across the board. And and what I'm also noticing is the product is just atrocious. None of these games are even entertaining overseas. Yeah, and you know what? For me, I, and the one year that the Yankees played the Red Sox, I'll never forget this. I saw an article somewhere that said the outfield walls were going to be um, moved in farther than a regular Major League ballpark. Wherever they played that game, I can't remember. But I remember that day. I said, oh, my God, I, I put 50. I've never bet $50 in my life. I put a $50 bet on the over and the number of home runs, and I was a very happy camper that day. Yeah, it's just it's, uh, you want to show a good product that, that's not it. But Rob Manfred is just as delusional. Right. In fact, Rob Manfred would be perfect in the Mets front office. It leads me to my next point. Um <laughs> Like you just like you just preluded with the bullpen, it's just in twenty twenty three, right? Major league manager really serves two purposes: how to manage the bullpen and how they handle the media in the clubhouse. Yes, Buck Showalter did none of them above. Said this weekend was the beginning. You want to talk about playoffs? This was the Mets playoffs. He's saving Robertson like they're ten games up in the middle of June. Yep. Okay. So he he needs to fire Buck. I'm on board with the trending toward. I'll go tweet that when I hang up with you. Secondly, yeah, it, Billy Apple. I'm sorry, AJ, I wanted to go through those three points he made because about Buck and the bullpen. He okay, we can agree he, he completely mismanages the bullpen. Absolutely, no doubt. The media, and you outlined that beautifully. The media. I mean, I'm tired of hearing the gobbledygook and the stories of 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 a hundred years ago. And the clubhouse. A caller brought this up before, and I want to hear what you think about it too, because the caller brought up the fact that Lindor promised McNeil that car has never delivered on the car. Why, do, why won't the manager step in and, and figure out what, what the animosity, potential animosity could be there or smooth over the situation, uh, right? Mm-hmm. 
He's a spooch, man. He got, he's the highest paid player on the team. Get the guy a car. Buy him a Kia. Do something. <laughs> buy him something. How about a smart car? And it's just, it's in, it's in, uh, listen, I'm a, you know, uh, every caller here, I hate even saying this because I hear callers saying it makes me crazy, but I'm a lifelong fan. I'm a season ticket holder. I was there not too long ago when Josh Satin was batting cleanup, and there was 8,000 people in the ballpark, and I enjoyed going. I have tickets on Tuesday. I can't even get myself to go. I'm a blue-collar guy. Yeah. i got to go and spend $40 to park. Yep. And bring my significant other and turn it into a $300 night to yep. watch this. I'm not doing it. Yep. And I feel like Steve Cohen, Steve Cohen, if you're listening, I, I support you being the owner. You should do something for the fans. We deserve better. It's an embarrassment and it's a disgrace. And, Jer- and before I hang up, there's two other people that need to be fired. Jeremy Hefner, between starts with pitchers. Listen, I played baseball in college and I coached high school. I know it's far from the major league. Mm-hmm. But between starts, aren't you supposed to work with your starting pitchers Develop a game plan. I've never seen a pitching coach fire the guy. Bring up some for the minors to coach the pitchers. It's terrible. It's the worst Met team pound for pound based on the. I know there's been worse rosters, but pound for pound based on all the circumstances this year, it's the worst team in 31 years being a Met fan that I've ever watched. It's disgusting. Yeah, and you got and AJ. Thanks for the call there. I appreciate that. And you got Buck Showalter managing them. Buck Showalter, who everybody wanted around here, and the same Buck Showalter that I cautioned against for many reasons. And maybe I can go back to my notes and figure out that exact day, and we can play that audio from then, because it's there. It exists. We've had a a changing of the guard behind the glass. We say goodbye to to Connor Green. Excellent job tonight, especially when the phones went down before. Oh, yeah, it 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 was crazy, Kevin. The first 90 minutes of the show. Oh, he he had to queue up and all the calls. We had the same problem with the network the other night during the overnight. Yeah. We run uh, a platform. I don't want to give it away because I don't want any hackers hacking it, but we run a platform that was um, developed in 2009 in, in this studio. Oh, boy. Yeah, so that was part of it. But anyway, so we say goodbye to Connor. Excellent job. We say hello to Kevin Wall. Kevin's hanging with us for the next hour, 50 minutes, but who's counting? All right, 877-337-6666. We also talked tonight about how if Zion Williamson ever, ever uh, it becomes a New York Nick, I don't know what I would do. I said I would poke my eyes out, but that's only because I saw the rumors on, on Twitter. And now somebody sent me, uh, let me go back to it. Brian Hirschback sent me a, a link to a Mike Lupica story in the New York Daily News, and I love Mike Lupica and all, but... Knicks need to make a big swing on Zion Williamson if he becomes available. What are we doing here? Guy plays in 46% of the games he's ever played in his career. He's too enlisted at 284. You know he's not 284. You know he's more than that. And the only reason I say that is because his body cannot hold up. It can't. It, it just can't over the course of a season. Sorry. His knees. All of it. All of it. It would be a disaster. Zion Williamson in New York City would be a disaster. Let him flounder in, in, in uh, what's that called, anonymity in, in New Orleans. No one cares down there. Can you imagine, Nick fans, can you imagine what they would do if they had to trade all of these people to go and get them to? Come on, stop it. Let's go to Newman in the Bronx. You're up next here on The Fan. What's up there, Newman? Hey, uh, Daniel. Hi. How are you? Great. How are you? I am doing well, thank you. Uh, speaking of the Mets, I, I gave up on the Mets about 35 years ago. Where <laughs> after I'm just serious. I'm not kidding you. The day they parted away with Daryl Strawberry. 
And that was the day when I said goodbye, Mets. And going back, go to go to the Knicks. The Knicks have um, they have a problem with shooting, but they also have a problem with the center that cannot chew a gum and walk at the same time. They, they he cannot shoot from the circle. He cannot shoot from the outside. There is no need for a center to pull out and guard him outside the outside the, the dunk mm-hmm. the dunk line. Uh, mm-hmm. line. Excuse mm-hmm. me for that. The the, the the real the real thing that the Knicks have they have great kids they have kids that could jump out of the out of the gym for example Opie Toppin could jump out of the gym he uh, this kid could be they could create some time for this guy on a small forward big forward on the guard whatever they, wherever it is that they put him he will be creative the other side of it the center they should they should get somebody. That is available right now. It doesn't matter, and he will come cheap. He's not that expensive. Brook Lopez. Brook Lopez could shoot from the outside. He could shoot that middle, that middle shot. He could he could shoot from ten feet. He could drag the other center out of the out of the, off the lane to allow the other guys to drive in and and and, and score. Ah, I don't know. It depends on the cost there, Newman, for the for him. Ah. I don't think Brooke Lopez is the answer for the Knicks to take him to the next level. I just don't. I just don't. Sorry. Sorry. It was it was well thought out, but all right, we go to uh what time is it? Yeah, we can do two more here. We go to Jack in uh the upper west side. Go ahead, Jack. Hey Danielle, I just had some wet hands doing the dishes listening to you. <laughs> um so listen, I take your challenge, defend Buck. Okay. Um you know, I I um I love your earnestness. I love your preparation. I love your love for sports and softball, baseball. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Buck had no option to go to, you know, in this situation. Um, Robertson, would, if they needed him, if, it, if they'd gotten there, Robertson would have pitched the ninth if needed. Um, he had a five-out save yesterday. Adovino has like a, I think that the, the Mets broadcast has talked about it at length, how Adovino has been terrible on back-to-back. He has like at least a six ERA. So I'm sure he's trying to avoid Adovino. With, with Edwin Diaz, one of the best relievers in baseball going down, Robertson was supposed to be the eighth inning guy. They were supposed to have Rayleigh, who they brought in, Epper brought in Rayleigh and Robertson. Uh, Rayleigh was supposed to be the lefty guy. They were going to use Drew Smith. Who got like a you know one, a completely befuddling ten game suspension for having something that nobody could find out what he had on his hands mm-hmm. um, and an arbitrary ruling that all of us agree is part of a problem that baseball has solving this riddle. So they're they're playing not just without Drew Smith, but they cannot replace him on the roster. Right. So they're down somebody in the roster. So to me, you know, Brigham has been good. And in fact, Brigham got the double play ball. To me, that game was lost. There were obviously there were you know endless number of things that went wrong in the ending, mm-hmm. but 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 um, Met fans, there's no Met fan who didn't want Beatty here. We heard correct. about him having defensive liabilities, and 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 but what we knew, what we all knew, is that Escobar had not gotten the job done for a year and a half, mm-hmm. but he was automatic in the field. He was pretty much a flawless fielder. I never thought about it when the ball was hit his direction. He had one flaw as a defender, which is irrelevant. I could tell you if you want, but 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 he was but but I have no doubt that Escobar turns that double play. And I think if they get that double play, which was you know uh, uh, it was a hard hit ball, but they had tons of time. 
because it was hit so hard. They get that double play, and they probably get out of that inning. And if so, they probably it would have been six four maybe right, so, going so to the listen, ninth. Listen, Jack, we're playing a lot of we're playing a lot of ifs, right? But but no, no, no ifs. We no are, ifs. we are. You're Jack, playing you a lot of ifs. Baseball. So if you if you, you have you, listen, you play baseball. Jack, I, I right, gave you I gave you point. two minutes and thirty seconds to explain that. See, Jack, that seat said this ridiculous, man. Jack, I gave you two minutes and thirty seconds to explain your point. You started going off the rails. That's why I tried to respond. You didn't allow me to. It's 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 not how this works. If you want to hear people yelling over each other, turn and watch the view. Okay, so. So what, and then, because people start turning that off. They're like, I don't want to hear people arguing. So the point being this, you were playing a lot of ifs. If that ball wasn't, if, if, Beatty, defense, Escobar, defense, this, that, trade him here. Okay, how about this? How about the fact that David Robertson, I don't care how many outs, save this, that, he pitched 13 pitches yesterday. Well, now two days ago at this point, but he pitched 13 innings, 13 pitches in that outing. And you mean to tell me he was nailed to the, the bench because of And are you going to bring him in in the ninth when the game's already freaking over? They're losing 7-6. You're going to bring him in then? That doesn't make any sense. Why would you waste him? At that point, why would you waste him? Because you've already tried planning for tomorrow. Why waste him in that scenario? Okay? Because if, if your thought process is, I'm not going to use him now because we might need him tomorrow, then why bring him in at the ninth at all? The game was over. The morale, you just coughed up a three-run lead. for and Actually, four runs scored that inning on one hit. Four runs on one hit, and the Mets had three outs to overcome all that. The shock and awe of all that. I can't believe, and, and I gave you, I looked at the timer, two minutes and 30 seconds. I was rebutting your point. I was going to let you continue. That's not how this works. You, you know, this is a conversation. This is not a monologue here. Okay. I, you still didn't answer the question, though. Why not go to your best reliever in a high leverage situation? And Buck was asked that too. He his response was uh, because we we don't have another pitcher. We got X number of pitchers to pitch today. We don't have anybody. It, that's it is what it is. And then it was some inaudible. I rewound it a few times. I couldn't figure out what he was saying there. And he said, "I don't get it. What am I missing? What are you missing? You don't get it." Your bet. This is this is. I've seen this story happen before. This is like Zach Britton all over again, where you left the All Star Zach Britton on the bench and you lost in a huge game. Now you want to okay say, oh, this is just a regular season game. But I'm sure, fine, fine. But it was a divisional game against a divisional opponent, which you don't play many of those games as many as in the past because every team plays every other team this year. So this was a game you needed. You needed it. You deal with tomorrow when tomorrow happens. Not today. Jesse and Queens, you're up next here on The Fan. Hey, Daniel, what's up? Good show as always. Thank you. Uh, I mean, I always, you know, we give respect to Buck and whatever, and he has for what he's accomplished, but I don't know how you can, he can make himself look, look more stupid than, than the kind of moves he's making. And as players have fought to to win the game, and they see everything collapsing, yes, and they see him bringing these relievers from, you know, recreational league or whatever they're they're from. That's what I call. And you it, have yeah. Otto, you have Ottavino, and you have Roberts in there, professional relievers. Yep. But you choose not to bring them in. What do the players think? That is this absolutely is how, demoralizing as a player. This is how you lose a team. This is how he's losing the team. And eventually they're going to say, what's the point? What's the point of trying hard when my manager 
he blows up the game by 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 making the most stupidest decisions. I don't know how how, how more to say it. Yeah, you know, and this he has a track record because he didn't bring in Zach Britton when he needed to when he was with the Orioles. Mm-hmm. I mean, so what's up with Buck? I mean, is he trying to get himself fired? This is New York, you know. This is not you know. This is not like uh, Kansas City or another town. Yeah, or, or Baltimore. Really you know, yeah. so this is New York, and um, and Mets fans are smart. Yankee fans are smart, yep. and we're not going to tolerate stupidity. Yep. We're, we can tolerate losing, but you got to be playing hard and making smart decisions right. and not making errors left and right. right. I mean, everything that they're doing falls on Buck. Yep. So Buck has to, t- has to take the fall. I'm sorry. It's Even Vaccaro has a column on him a week ago saying that this is his track record. He comes in, he fixes the team, and then they start to, to regress the later years. So yep. he's just repeating his resume. I mean, it's time for a new voice. And that's it. It's time. It just comes to the point where it's time for a new voice. They've seen enough, and that's it. And they're just going to lose the season. They're going to lose the players. They're going to keep losing, and it's going to become such a, you know, what do they call that, a, a bleep show. You know, it's going to be very bad over here. Yeah, so. uh, Jesse, I mean, points well taken. Points well taken there. But the problem is, and we've outlined it a little bit earlier, who's coming in? You bring in Carlos Beltran in with zero managerial experience? Hey, maybe that's the fire the Mets need. Who knows? To me, he's he's still a cheater. He was the mastermind of the cheating scandal. But hey, you know, then then people are going to question. Oh, well, he turned the Mets around. And then in the back of my mind, I'm like, oh, are they cheating? I hope they're not cheating. I can't defend them if they are cheating. You know what I'm saying? All right, we'll continue this discussion. We're coming up uh, on the two uh, the twelve twenty break here. So I got to. Hit the quick break here with Kevin, and we'll continue with this Buck Showalter talk. Um, and and the, just the, the questionable decisions, man. I just I can't. It's like you're punting on the season. What are you doing as a player? You're watching that happen. It has to be demoralizing. Has to be. I'm Daniel McCartan with you here to one. <laughs> It's a Kevin Wall production when you've got John Bon Jovi, and this, Kevin knows, is my favorite, one of my favorite, top three, I'd say, John Bon Jovi song, Raise Your Hands. Oh, I just love it. This at a concert is awesome. I go nuts. I go nuts. <laughs> 877-337-6666. Uh, I wish Buck Showalter would go nuts every once in a while because uh, it's just a deadpan. It's just, it's just blah. It's just blah. He tried. He tried today. He tried to get thrown out in the ninth. He successfully got thrown out in the ninth. But it was like, blah. Didn't fire anybody up at all. Uh, what, are you, what are we going to do here? 877-337-6666. I mean, he, he is a major part of the problem. Don't I still have yet to figure out why he left Robertson on the bench. And Kevin and I were just talking, too, and I'll reiterate this point. Adovino said after the game, I was available. We had a conversation. I was available. And Buck told the reporters immediately after the game, he wasn't available. I mean, what are we doing here? What, where's the com- where is the the um, communication? I mean, you got uh, maybe is that the first player throwing the manager under the bus? I don't know. Let's go to Sheep's Head Bay. Eddie, you're up on a fan. Hey, Eddie. Hey. Hey. Um, I have a simple uh, math equation. I think that uh, Buck Schulter has been responsible for seven of our losses. You know, I wanted to try to track that. I know two off the top of my head, two of them. But well, we, we could we could also count uh, him uh, 
insisting uh, on, on batting uh, Wolgenbach every game. Oh, yeah, that, that too. That, that, that's probably costing us a couple of losses. <laughs> we could insist on him not bringing up uh, sitting Alvarez down. Yep. When Alvarez was hot in the beginning of his, uh, you yes. know, in the beginning of his tenure. I remember. Uh, we lost a couple of games because of that, and also other games that he missed as a bullpen. You know, so anyway, Eddie, you know like the stat that's like war, you know, when players have like a positive right. war. Yeah, I yeah. wonder if we can somehow figure out a, a way to quantify manager war. We'd be millionaires. Probably. <laughs> you can't you can predict well, you can't predict uh, the future or what would have happened if. Oh, yeah. But 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 anyway, so if you take away seven losses and you put seven wins instead, the Mets are right where they're supposed to be. If you think if you do the math. Yeah, let me so look that at that. Put them as, let me see. Yeah. The Mets seven wins would make them forty two wins. It would make them probably second in the divi- or third in the, the division. Right behind the Marlins, yeah. And within striking distance yeah. of the Marlins, yeah. You know, yeah. I like yeah. the math. So so, so there you go. It's, 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 he's got to go. It's, 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 it's Mickey time. Callaway and Box Walter are equivalent right now. It's the same. It's the same manager. It's a different face. Well, it's, it's the same thing. minus the, minus the the personal stuff. But yeah, I, I know what you're saying. Right, right. But it's the same. It's the same type of manager. It's not nothing. Nothing's changed. I didn't even think Louis Ross was better than that. There's no. There's no. There's no hit and run. We don't do. I don't know what we do. What he does, with manager. Nobody steals. He doesn't. There's no signs up coming off the bench. Like, you know, there's no bunting, there's no squeeze plays, there's nothing. He just sits there. I, I don't even know what he does. So I, I, <laughs> I wish I had an answer, because I don't know either. There you go. I know, Eddie, I know. I got it. I, I hear it loud and clear. There's no excitement going on. I know. You're right. Let's go to uh, Robbie in Lincoln Park. You're up here, Robbie, on the fan. Hey, how's it going? Good, um, how are you? I'm good, thank you. This little uh, topic switch off of Buck Showalter. Mm-hmm. It was about uh, what were you saying about Zion earlier? Oh yeah. I just kind of feel like um, it would be crazy to not try to pursue him. What? Like he's a generational talent. Like when he was healthy for that opening stretch of the season this year, he was carrying the Pelicans. But, to but the best we'll stop right there. The if if and when he was healthy, he plays in, in his career in 46 percent of the games. How's that going to go over here? I'd say a big part of that, though, is the Pelicans' training staff is notoriously one of the worst in the league, and they have problems with their players all of the time. What about the fact that he came in weighing 285 when they told him to lose weight, and 284 is what he's listed at? There's no way. But I feel like the weight, you can't really contribute at all to the weight. Like, a a big part of his dominance is his weight, and the the fact he's able to barrel through guys, that's a big part of And a big part of the reason why he can't stay on the court for an entire season. But it's not. His main injury that was messing with him in the beginning part of his career was his thumb, which isn't a weight issue. I'm, tr- I'm pulling up his, uh, I'm sorry, just pulling up his game logs here because, let's see. Game- no, I, I, I understand what you're saying completely. Um, game logs, career, let's see. He played in, uh, let's see, let's see, per year. First year in the league, 24 games. Then he, he did not play the whole entire 2021-2022 season because of a foot injury. So I'm not sure how a foot and a finger are connected there. 29 games last season. I mean, come on. I mean, Robbie, it's a silly. It's silly. You, that would not fly here, especially with the kind of coach that the Knicks have. I'm so, it's a silly. It's a silly take. Come on. Averages 46% of the games he's played in his career. Flop. That's a big flop. Sorry. Pass. Hard pass. Let's go to Chris in Roxbury up next here on the fan. Hey, Daniel. Thanks for taking my call. Thanks for making it. Um, by the way, I, I 
like you as one of the best hosts on the fan. Thank you. Uh, you take a lot of calls. Yeah, I love which it. A lot yeah, of the other the guys part. don't. You know what, though, Chris? That's the best part. You know, I, I love taking the calls because that's where the real interaction happens. Yeah. Um, I, I was calling. I, I've always liked Showalter. I mean, mm-hmm. probably more historically. Uh, but I think, and I, I like Boone as a, a former Yankee. But Boone is only a manager of the Yankees because he hit a home run against Boston. Boone had zero managerial experience. He did. And he proves it every game. <laughs> I mean, I totally agree with you. I don't know why he doesn't yank uh, Torres off the field. Yeah. That's me being facetious because I know that's never no, going to happen on any team. I know. I know. Well, no. A uh, uh, manager did it this year. I'm trying to remember who it was. Man, they did pull a guy off the field. Yanks player off field MLB. Not, not the Yankees. Not the Yankees. It was another team. But mm-hmm. Glaber does not hustle to first base all the time. In fact, that a lot of guys don't hustle. Mm-hmm. Um, he almost got thrown out when they the Met. I think they were playing the Mets. The Mets shortstop made an error, and he all and Glaber wasn't hustling down. He did get to first base mm-hmm. safely, but he wasn't hustling. Um. But Boone makes the worst decisions. The other day, he pinch hit for McKinney with Donaldson, <laughs> a guy who's going to has a thirteen percent chance of hitting the, I know. the baseball. That was a, that was a questionable decision. I, I agree, and I wrote that down well, in my notes. Yes, here's the, here's another one. This was a few weeks ago. Um, uh, bases loaded. Uh, I think uh, Stan was on base. Um, the judge was on base, and maybe Torres, and he he he's pinch hitting. He looks on the bench. He has IKF, Piggy, and Volpe. What does he do? He picks his most inexperienced guy mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. to pinch hit, who strikes out. I, I like Volpe. I mean, I think he's going to be very good. Mm-hmm. But but IKF and Higgy would have been much, either one of them would have been a much better choice. Well, Higgy came off the bench the one night, and, and he made a real big difference. And I, I wanted to right. tell you this before before I let you go. Kevin was, was in my ear, and he said it was uh, Marcel Ozuna, and that's who it was. So right. it was June right. 4th or 3rd, and uh, he was removed from the game after not hustling, after hitting a line right. drive to deep center field. Manager confirmed right. after the game. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think uh, it, it's unfortunate more managers don't do that. Because these, uh, you see, guys, Sanchez was one of the best at turning doubles into singles. Yes. Oh, yeah. I mean, he would never hustle. But guys who don't hustle, I, I never saw Jeter lackadaisically running to first base. Never. And ever. you know what he used to say, too? He would do it in, in warm-ups. And then people ask him, well, right. why do you run in and out in warm-ups? He said, because of the, you know, the kid. really, the kids are watching, my, the example I'm, I'm putting exactly. out there. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I mean, just, just two more quick things. Um the umpire behind the plate is atrocious. I wish they'd change it. I can't even, I have to listen to the games on TV so I don't see how bad the calls are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're just I know. terrible. I'm ready for the, the robotic thing, umpire, too. I'm absolutely. ready. The automatic the strike zone. Yep. Is, what about, and I like Showalter, but what would you think of Willie Randolph coming back? You know what? That's not a bad suggestion there, Chris, and thank you. But I'm wondering if, if he is sort of kind of along the same school of thought as Buck, kind of old school. I don't know. Um, I did run into him about a month ago, and I probably should have asked him. I should have been like, hey, what's your philosophy of, about managing? And he would have been like, get out of here, kid. I don't know. Who knows? I don't know. 
But th- that's not a bad suggestion to, to at least want to interview and talk to and pick the brain of. I would I would definitely put him on the list to be interviewed. Yes, and um and I don't know how I missed this Marcelo Zuna thing. It has 1.4 million views on Twitter. I'm not sure how I missed this honestly, but what happened was he he the caption is <clears throat> he stood and watched what he thought was a home run and ended up with a single. That's like Gary Sanchez esque or like a Josh Donaldson esque. How about that? Let's go to Kevin in Ocean City, New Jersey. What's up there, Kevin? Daniel, thanks for taking my call. Thanks for making um, it. I'm a Mets fan. I saw the fiasco today. Yep. Um, my question was, how many pitches did the starter have when they took him out of the game? 80. When they changed him? 80. Eight. Okay. Well, he did have a lot of pitches. Okay. But, and I mean, the next, 80 in, in the fourth inning, I would at least let him go one more. I mean, that that I started would, the whole catastrophe of events. You're right. Right. And that's, that was my point, yeah. Because I, I wasn't sure how many you had. But, uh, okay. But in, in this new guy, that what it, well, he's not new yet. If we get this guy stern, right? Mm-hmm. Does he bring in a new manager with him? Definitely. Okay. If I was a general manager, I'd bring in my own man, my own manager. Right, you bring you bring your own people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Because something's got to change. And something's I'm not and change. I'm not going down for a managerial decisions of a guy that I didn't pick. Exactly. Exactly. Yep. You want your people. And yep. I don't know because I don't know. Do you have any idea who he would pick? No, no, I don't have no. any idea. No, that's okay. that's extrapolating yeah. too far into the future, I <laughs> well, think. Well, because we're getting we, desperate here. Yeah, Kevin, you've already fired your general manager. You've already fired <laughs> your manager, and you're looking for a replacement <laughs> for both. <laughs> right. Well, because if they get, well, I think if they get stern, he's going to bring his own crew anyway. He for sure will, yes. And and Buck's out, so hopefully, so we'll see. But, God, oh, man, it's just tough. Yeah. Oh. Especially with, especially. Especially losing to the Phillies, please. I know. And, and especially, anybody, Kevin. Cause there's, anybody. <laughs> I know. But also, too, because there's a less divisional games on the calendar this season. So if at the end of the season the Mets need to make up one game against the Phillies to overtake them, you yeah. can point to the right. game that happened on Sunday, yesterday. And we and we had that game. We had the had game. Had it. Uh, had, had a three-run lead into the bottom of the oh, eighth inning. Man. Oh, man. I, you know, I'm glad I, was, I was, wasn't – around a lot of Phillies fans because sometimes I'm watching a lot. I, I'm glad I was home watching and, and I didn't have to deal with them because uh, we just we just fell apart. I yeah. mean, wow. Kevin, and, and thanks for the call there. And I'm sitting there on my uh, eating dinner. I had an early dinner to be on, you know, get in the car by 7 o'clock to be here, which I almost didn't make it, but um, because of the traffic, getting on the George Washington Bridge, I can't. But um, as I'm sitting there, I'm, I'm thinking to myself, I even wrote down, how are the Mets going to F this one up? Is what I wrote down in my notes, honestly. And um, the new and inventive ways every single time. You got to hand it to them. Uh, yeah, so Ozuna was the one pulled. And somebody just tweeted me, and I'm going to take his word for it. Chris Antonacci on Twitter tweeted me and said, uh, AJ Hinch bench Javier Baez early, Javi Baez earlier this season, probably for not hustling. He didn't say that, but I'm sure he meant that. Javi Baez, oof, who wanted him here? no. Not me, not me. Apparently that happened in May. So, yeah, I got smart listeners. Kevin, I got smart people that always want to help and everything and help me out and be part of the show, and I appreciate that. I am very grateful for that. So, um, and now we've got maybe Wander Franco possibly bench for poor sportsmanship. I don't know. That I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, 877-337-6666. In my final segment here before Emmanuel Barbari comes your way, uh, I'd like to try to figure out what the 40-minute conversation between Josh Donaldson 
an Aaron, 40 plus minute conversation between Josh Donaldson and Aaron Boone was today. I'll tell you what Donaldson said after the game. I'll tell you what uh, Boone said before the game. And then we're going to try to figure it out ourselves right here on The Fan. My name is Daniel McCartan with you here till 1 a.m. Welcome back to The Fan. In the final segment here, my name is Daniel McCartan hanging with you till 1. Emmanuel Barbari comes your way then. I've seen him. He is here in studio. I don't know exactly where he is, but he's here and he's ready to deliver a fantastic show for you following mine. Um... Okay, so the, the final thing I wanted to kind of reiterate here and bring home is the nerve, the nerve of Josh Donaldson to show up to the ballpark today. There were reporters, uh, in, you know, he was in his street clothes. There were reporters waiting for him at his locker. I, I, I could see the scene in my head because I've been in there. His locker is when the players walk in, his locker is to the right. It's in the second set, second bank of lockers. Okay, so he, he the people are gathered there. They ask him, do you have a few minutes? And he who, according to Meredith Morakovitz, is pretty available all the time, and I'm one for one on, on interviewing him, so I'm batting a 1,000. He says to reporters, no, sorry, I don't have time today. Marches in to the manager's office and makes Aaron Boone 40 minutes late to his press conference today, pregame press conference. And Aaron Boone is to the second. <laughs> Aaron Boone is, is in there on time. And so, you know, what's his name? Boone kind of played it off before the uh, the the game, and he said, you know, this is a quote. He said, Donaldson, he's going to play a lot. I know that there's a lot in there. I just want him to get going because I know he be, can be a key feature for us. Blah, 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 blah. Okay? Okay? I also noticed that Boone was using the pronoun I a lot during that, like as if it was his decision to bench Donaldson, which directly contradicts what Cashman said on Wednesday, saying that he'd like to see Donaldson get some runway and some consistent at-bats. And then right after that, Donaldson was benched for three games. Fast forward to today. Okay. After the game, Donaldson was saying stuff along the lines of, like, you're making this into, like, something that it's not. We were talking about personal stuff. Personal. Here's the, here's the quote. Uh, Donaldson said after the game, what it was about. He said, quote, a lot of baseball stuff, personal stories. It wasn't as serious as you guys are trying to make it out to be. Obviously, I want to play, but that's not why we were talking. If that's what you were asking. Well, I said before, piss on me and tell me it's raining. I mean, he also said it's not that serious, but what you guys are trying to make it out to be. It is that serious, though, because Aaron Hicks was DFA'd and he was hitting 188 on the season. Josh Donaldson, he is in DFA territory. He's hitting 125 on the season. 0.91 over his last 15. Okay? With, uh, let's see, in the last 15 games, he's struck out 18 times. Awful. So, Kevin. Yes. Let's see if we can try to f- figure this out because nothing in, in all those reading between the lines computes in my mind. Well, so, I'm, I'm a very gullible person, but I'm not buying that baloney. No. No way. So what do you think actually went down in, inside that manager's office today for more than 40 minutes? It was frustration out of Donaldson. Why am I not playing? I understand I'm struggling, but... Wait, wait, wait. Let's, let's do this. You want to be Donaldson? Yeah. Okay. I'm Aaron Boone. I'm sitting there in my chair looking at all my numbers in my binders. Okay, John, Josh Donaldson barges in. Yep, tells reporters I don't have time to talk to you guys yes. right now. Goes in. And a- says what? Aaron, 
or yeah, he would call him Aaron. Yeah. What's going on? I haven't played three straight days. I'm making a lot of money. You traded for me. Mm. Brian, Brian, or GM, said Gio Scheller is not Josh Donaldson. That's why you got me. I'm making $23 million a year. Yes, I'm struggling right now, but I got to be playing. So what? What Aaron the hell's Boone going on? Probably flipped a couple pages and said, "Well, you know, it's um, it, I don't like the matchup uh, today. I'm going to get you in the lineup more consistently moving forward. I think you've got a soft landing spot with the A's, not at home. You won't hear the boo birds so much, and I think it'll be good for you in your mentality." Okay, that's fine, but I got to be playing every day, and you know what? The struggles so far. If you let me rock my Oakland A's mullet, my. 2015 bowling when I won MVP, which got me 92 million from Minnesota. I come to New York. I'm like Rick Vaughn, cuts my hair. That's why I'm struggling. Oh, maybe yeah. if you took the the facial hair policy and the long hair policy away, maybe I would be hitting. And then they probably talked about stories. About- and then there's you know the uncensored mm. version mm. because I can guarantee you, Josh Donaldson did not go into that room and kept it G rated. <laughs> I can guarantee you as well that he's going to be in the lineup every day this upcoming week against the, who are they playing this week? That, they, that they got the A's, A's and then they got the Cardinals. And the Cardinals. And they're two bottom feeding teams. He'll be in there every day. And they're and, and yeah, watch him go 15 for 23. And, and then, then that's and that, with, right back to the, the no man's land with him because of course he's going to do that. The only reason why he's not DFA is because he's making ten million more than Aaron Hicks was making. Yeah, and the problem is because what's his name? Brian Cashman doesn't want to admit defeat on that either. That's why. Yeah, you don't want to hurt his ego. Right. I, I mean, it, it came out of his mouth. Gio Urshela was good. He was good for us. Yeah. Great player. Yep. But he's no Josh Donaldson. Oh, and before Urshela hurt his pelvis, he was on fire with the Angels. Yeah, Urshela, I loved him. He was a, he was a great player. Anyway, 877-337-6666 is the phone number to call. we got Eric in front Conkoma. What's up there, Eric? Hey, Danielle. I managed to get in before you left there. Yes, That's great. you did. Um, look, okay, I know you're, you're uh, tight on time here, so oh, I'm curious. We got, as, we got time. Well, okay, well, I, I can't put my finger on what the hell's going on with the Mets. So I'm curious as to what you think is going on with that because I don't, I don't think all of a sudden after one year, I don't think that – um, show Walter lost the clubhouse. It's kind of hard to lose a clubhouse after a year, especially when when it was a successful year. I think there's got to be something else going but, on there. All right, Eric, I don't do know if think? he I don't know if he's not happy with the uh, trade deadline deals from last year. There's mm-hmm. something going on inside there that mm-hmm. just seems like it did a complete 180, and I just can't see it all being Show Walter. Okay, I, I agree with you. It's not. I think the target number one hierarchy here is 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 Billy Ineptler. He he didn't do anything really to 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 address any of the needs that the the, the major needs the glaring obvious needs you. he didn't get yep. you know do the bullpen he didn't get a designated hitter you know he's sticking with his half a dh uh, vogel back all that right sure but oh, what was i going to say about uh, buck show walter how, oh losing the clubhouse well how about this how about after the game on i guess sunday an hour ago sunday but Buck Showalter says, oh, well, you know, Ottavino, he wasn't available. And then Ottavino comes out and says, well, actually, we had a conversation before the game, and I was available, if need be. And that, to me, is a little bit of the the, 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 the anarchy starting. What's what's the word when people overthrow a, a captain of a ship? What's the word called? Mutiny. Mutiny. Yeah. yeah. I'm, that might be the start of the mutiny here. Yeah, but, but here's what I'm confused about, though. Where, where is this whole, all of this? Stemming from though, because some, something 
Yeah. Well, he's yeah. been he's been handed a crappy roster, right? I mean, the Mets have right. lost uh, what, something like what was it games after leading six runs? They're up by six. Yeah, runs. I heard I heard that stat. Yeah, it's, it's, it's uh, in, I think it's twelve games. Yeah, the Mets have lost twelve times this year when scoring six or more runs. What does that yeah. tell you? That tells you that they can score. They can hit. They've got okay right. starting pitching. It falls apart when it gets to the bullpen. So the blame there is. I, I mean, there's only so much you can do as a manager. I get it. A day like right. today, you need to bring in Robinson, but. The, the general manager did not address or fill the bullpen with enough yeah. good arms in order to get that job done. Okay, let me let me let me end it with this here because I, I you know I, I'm talking to one of your co-hosts there. I'm not going to name names, you know, uh, but the, the, the belief was that uh, there was only so much that Epler could do last year. Just apparently, a lot of the other teams don't want to deal with the Mets because it's Cohen and then that crazy about him in there, which you know I, I can't completely go with that. I, I mean, it's a great. Case, it's a why great, they vote him in as an owner? Right, you know? exactly. Right, they wouldn't have approved him if they didn't want to deal with him. Right, and that's that's we're not behind those scenes, and we can't make that inference unless that person has talked to an MLB owner. You can't. You can't. You can't make that. That's that's a great theory and all, but I don't see it in 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 practice. Yeah, it just doesn't make sense. And by the way, I heard you crushed it at the the softball game there. So I did. Good for you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. I'll talk to you soon, Daniel. All right, Eric. Thank you. Yeah, crushed it, putting it lightly. Kevin Wall did, too. I got the home run on tape. The whole thing. Great video. One cut. Oh, that's all we need. I mean, no cuts. It was a continuous video. I No, it, it was it was no perfect. Cuts. Yeah, and I even ran onto the field after, too. I was, hey, yeah, that great, was awesome. Great cinematic work. I, I, I channeled my dad with the, the video camera on his shoulder, the big one, back in the 90s. <laughs> I just rolled the dice, recorded, because the first at-bat... I slipped. <laughs> slipped and fell. It's all right. But Happens we bounced back. And you know what? Prior to me just bringing that up, everyone forgot about that. Everybody did forget about that. All right, let's go to Jake in Deal, New Jersey. He's going to close us out for tonight. Go ahead, Jake. Hey, Daniel, what's up? Hey, uh, just doing a show, you know? Yeah. Before I make my Mets point, I want to comment about that slide into second base. Okay. I really liked that. I was, I was on the money. No, it wasn't actually. It wasn't on the money. It was half. It was a half slide. We explained that last night. But okay. Uh, um, honest, I'm, I'm not sure why they pulled Carrasco when when he was bought. Yeah, uh, Kevin. Kevin just cut you off there, but it was a point I was making earlier. Carrasco, eighty pitches, four innings. Like you were just starting to say. Listen, if. You have a good bullpen like the Yankees to go to. That's a fine move. You could do that because Garrett Cole was it was four and two thirds today. And guess what? The Yankees ended up winning because they have the number one bullpen in all of baseball. But pulling Carlos Carrasco after four innings and eighty pitches, and he wasn't doing so terrible to hand it over to one of the worst bullpens in baseball. I don't know the numbers behind it, but that's just my conjecture about it. I mean, you don't do that. Like you have to get some length out of your starters knowing that, oh, you didn't have this guy. You didn't have this guy. You're talking about the numbers of, of all, who you had available today and who wasn't available. All that. You have to implore your starting pitchers to go a, a one more inning or at least get out there the next inning. And then if you struggle, you get into some stressful situations, then you bring in the bullpen. This all started when Carrasco was taken out. Sorry, that was the chain reaction. Mets lose. Buck Showalter's fault. Anyway, thanks to all the callers. Could not have done this without you tonight. And I love coming here and talking with you every single time. Thanks for hanging with me over the past four hours. If you missed any portion of tonight's show, 
You hit that Odyssey Rewind feature and select the start, which was 7 p.m. Uh, no, was it 9? It was 9 p.m. Yes. Oh, I'm going to time warp here. Great job to Connor Green, Kevin Wall behind the glass, and also to Peter Schwartz on the updates. It was 9 p.m. start time. I will see you next Sunday, July 2nd, from 6 p.m. to 10 p.m. I'll be back in the meantime at Coach M-C-C-A-R-T-A-N on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook.com slash Coach McCartney. you got Emmanuel Barbari, and you're in good hands. Coming up next here on The Fan. Sports Radio 101.9 FM.